Welcome back to Word of God. We're three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old-time fan. My pronouns are ve, them, or it, its, and you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ash, man. I'm Emma, the latecomer. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. You can follow me on Tumblr at Lazarus Emma. I'm Wyatt, the newcomer. I use he, him pronouns. You can follow me on Twitter at Topple Thrones. I'm Aitz. I am a very special super guest. Uh, my pronouns are they, he, glitch, or vamp. And you can find me on Tumblr at Hell's Gangels. Surprise, there are four of us today. Wow. <laughs> uh, and you can follow the show on Twitter and Tumblr at Word of Godcast. And then let's... Aitz, Aitz what's your major? Uh, I'm not in college. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not an English major. I'm breaking up that trio. Rip. Uh, let's hear some content warnings. Content warnings for this episode include student-teacher relationships, death by defenestration, suicide, alien abduction, lost time, sexual assault, wincest, rape jokes, dismemberment, car accidents, vehicular manslaughter, suicide, torture, and the death of a partner. If you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our Ask box on Tumblr or send us an email at wordofgodcast at gmail.com. Okay. Today... Uh... We are discussing, as I open my book very loudly. <laughs> episode 15, Tall Tales, and episode 16, Roadkill. Yes. Good episode. A pair of good episodes. Yeah. Uh, very different tonally. Yes, very different tonally, <laughs> um, which I think is good. Yeah. Um, the duality so, of the show. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this episode was written by John Shaban. Um, he's a name that we've heard a lot here. Uh, it starts with a recap of all the times the brothers have been dicks to each other. It's, it's so great. good. It's such a good recap. It's adorable. The prank war features heavily. Yes. Uh, and then we get to the cold open, which has this older guy going up to a building and a young woman who is not dressed for the weather, bent over, like, fixing up her shoe. Uh, he talks to her and asks if she's lost, and she tells him that she's one of his students and wants to talk to him, despite the fact that it's the middle of the night. He lets her up anyway, and they talk for a minute. She admits that she's not actually one of his students, but instead wanting to see him so she could get a piece of that. Uh, he's a professor and apparently kind of a big deal. Uh, he has his own book, which most people do, most professors do, but it's like hard book, <laughs> so it's like a, a thing. Um, it's a famous book. Yeah. Uh, or how, however famous a book called Understanding Modern Morality or whatever it's called could possibly be. Famous in his yeah. field. Yeah. Uh, he tells her that he understands her feelings and her attraction to him and says that it would be wrong to take advantage of her. After that, of course, they start kissing, as you do. Uh, while they're doing this, her face turns all creepy and ghostly, and he pulls away and sees her. He freaks out, backs up towards the window, uh, which he opened earlier, Chekhov's window. Um, <laughs> she asks, like, don't you want me anymore? Don't you think I'm pretty? Uh, and then we cut to the front of the building where the janitor is leaving and the body falls and goes splat right behind him. Yeah, it's great. Um, it is very good. Title card. Uh, one week later, the boys are in their hotel and they're arguing. Uh, Dean is very loudly eating what appears to be chili fries on Sam's bed while Sam slogs through some research. They make a back and forth and it becomes apparent to us that they're fighting. Something happened to Sam's computer and something happened to the Impala and both of them blame the other person for it. Uh, there's a knock on the, the door and it's Bobby. Bobby. He wants to know what the boys called him for because they need help on this case. Uh, and they both tell their own version of the story making the other look bad. Um, it's very complicated 
It would be way too complicated to try and explain here, but I would highly recommend if you don't watch any other yeah, episodes watch of the episode. show, watch this, this episode. This episode's it's so, so good. Fun. It's so fun. Um, so I'm just going to give the plot beats of what like actually happens, <laughs> and we will talk about how the brothers paint each other soon. Lots of really famous like gifts uh, in this episode. Lots of stuff we see in the fandom a lot. Yeah, I hear this episode um, is like a fan favorite, which makes perfect <laughs> sense because it's incredible. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Um, it's so much fun. So uh, basically, there's an urban legend about the building that there was a girl who killed herself after the professor she was having an affair with broke up with her. So Dean and Sam think that it's a haunting. Um, well, it apparently gets weirder. They head to the building and find absolutely no sign of EMF and that the legend itself has a lot of holes in it, such as the room she supposedly jumped from. There isn't such a room in uh, the building because it only has three floors and she apparently jumped from room 669. That's a well actually you, but I think it's four floors. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Canceling Wyatt. <laughs> I, just remember, <laughs> I weirdly remember that very specifically of them saying it's only four floors. Oh yeah, probably. Anyway... Uh, and also, the building ha has no history of violent deaths. No, no student ever jumped out of the building or anything like that. Okay, thank you, Wyatt. <laughs> oh, I was just I was just, proof in the yeah, I was just posting stories. it for posterity. I didn't mean to stop your synopsis. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just making fun of you. It's okay. Um, so now we find out that Sam's laptop has been broken or infected with some kind of virus, and Sam thinks it's Dean. Because it has been frozen on bustyasianbeauties.com, uh -huh. which bad we will also talk about. Talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, we get to the next part of their story. It truly does get weirder. We see the frat boy that Sam was talking to at the bar about the ghost story. He's walking around campus right in front of the very same building the professor fell from. He gets chased by a bright light and then picked off, off the ground by an invisible force. The brothers go to talk to him about it. Uh, and they find out that he was apparently abducted and probed and apparently forced to slow dance with one of the aliens. Uh -huh. It's weird, and we will Ooh. talk about it. This episode is great. There's a lot of not great things in it. Um, so they talk to one of the housemates of the frat boy and find out that the frat boy was, in fact, a dick, putting all the frat brothers through hell by hazing them. Uh, Sam and Dean determined that so far the connection between the two victims is that they're assholes who died in ways that could have been described as poetic. Well, okay, the frat boy didn't die, but he's traumatized for life. Uh, the third victim was a research scientist at the college who apparently tested on animals, another dick. Uh, he finds a watch in the sewer grate and reaches down to grab it. When we next see him, he is in the morgue and there's only a few pieces of him left. Uh, Sam finds an alligator scale on the body and there's another urban legend to add to the list, uh, kid flushing down a baby alligator because yeah kids always have baby <laughs> alligators uh and it grows in enormous in the sewer um so they both go check out the sewers try and find evidence of any alligator dean finds out that someone has slashed his tires he finds sam's cash clip sitting next to the car it's so bizarre which has his initials engraved in it. He has a silver money clip because he listens to jj bitten by yeah. the yeah. rhythm <laughs> mm -hmm. um so Dean assumes that it's Sam who did it to get back at him for the computer because Sam earlier made a comment, how would you feel if I messed with the Impala? Um, so they get into a fight over it, uh, like a physical fight. It's really funny. They just kind of like roll around. They're doing the it's classic very, like, sibling, like holding it out of each other's reach, grabbing for it, tussle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And now we're about caught up to the present. Bobby calls them both stupid and tells them that they're dealing with a trickster, an incredibly powerful monster that thrives on chaos. Bobby has the most uh, dad energy in the world in this so episode. It's so good. Bobby's dadification begins now. <laughs> I want Bobby to be my dad. Yeah, we all do. The boys figure that because all the attacks happened outside the same school building and the janitors seem to know a lot about the circumstances, they assume that it's him. Uh, and then we cut to the janitor in his room apartment. It's a <laughs> crazy set. It's insane. It looks like it should be one of the motels. Yeah, the boys it's in. great. He's got like one of those dessert like towers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's reading World Weekly News, and there's stories on there that are similar to the attacks yeah, that we've been like seeing. getting inspiration from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He has a little dog. I yeah, love he has a little him. dog. Gay little dog. And uh, he goes to, like, eat some treats, and then he materializes a pair of scantily clad women uh, who proceed to feel him up and kiss him and let him feed them treats. It's, it's you know, it's sexual, whatever. Um and Sam and Dean head to the building to pretend to have a fight outside with Sam, quote-unquote, storming off and Dean going in to face the trickster, quote-unquote, alone. The two scantily clad women are waiting for him and try to entice him into having sex with them. It's very uh, fembot hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dean's face reactions in this scene are immaculate. Jacting Joyce's, indeed. The trickster appears and tells Dean that these women are a peace offering so that he can have some fun while the trickster runs off to avoid getting killed. He likes Sam and Dean, so he doesn't want to have to kill them. Dean tells him that he can't actually let him go, despite the fact that he loves his style. And the trickster threatens him for coming alone, but he's not. Sam and Bobby appear as well, holding some stakes that they will presumably be using to kill him. There's a fight and Dean stabs the trickster. Sam, Dean, and Bobby head out to the car, and Sam and Dean apologize to each other without actually apologizing. Uh, and all seems right with the world. We cut back to the theater yes. and the trickster's body. Someone walks into frame, and then the body fizzles yes. out of existence, and standing over it is yes. the real trickster. Dun, dun, dun. It was a double, and that's the episode. Fucking <laughs> so rocks. One of my favorite episodes in this show. Yeah. Episode. This handshake, the French, the French mistake, handshake mystery spot. So true. Handshake. Okay. A couple of others. Ash being incomprehensible to everyone except me again. <laughs> yep. That's what I'm here for. And some of our listeners. Hello, <laughs> fellow um, brainworm enthusiasts. <laughs> Not going chronologically for just a second, because I just had a realization. Have they used... So the stakes they use are, like, absurd and, like, look like they're already covered in blood. This rings a bell. Did we see these stakes before? Were these stakes in the vampire episode? I remember us talking about goofy stakes covered in blood. I think it's used. I think it's, like, the kind of thing where the weapon needs to be dipped in something. Mm-hmm. I think... Was there a god they had to kill or something that they had to use a stake dipped in something... I know that they do that again later. I just don't know if they've done it yet. Because I know in like a very supernatural Christmas, they have to, they have to use stakes dipped in yarrow or some shit. Um, with sirens, there's also like a thing about that. It needs to be a, this kind of blade dipped in whatever. So. It's the problem with having a shit memory. <laughs> if 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 you in the audience remember us talking about this, please let us know. I, I am certain that they use this because yeah, I just when I saw this I was like this rings a bell like the because I I remember seeing this before of like why is it all covered in gunk at the end they just never wash this gross it is gross it is okay but it's fine it doesn't that matter shit. that much um so let's jump to um, the beginning okay yeah 
like we said, this intro is amazing. The it's recap, adorable. Yeah, it's very good. I love, I love the, the recap. Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the cold open scene is a lot. Um, I really like how when she's pretending mm-hmm. to be one of the students, um, and he's like, "Are you in one of my classes?" She goes, "Don't you recognize me?" Like I love when people who are lying do that. They shift the uh-huh. blame. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's very good. He creeped me out. Like I was uncomfortable watching yeah. this cold open, even though I knew he was gonna die. Yeah, he's a creep, and it's so ironic that yes, he's an ethics that's professor. the that's the joke that I especially appreciate. Is <laughs> like this guy wrote mm-hmm. a, a textbook on morality and is cheating on his wife with his students. And then the trickster, the trickster said that he gets more ass than a toilet yes. seat. So this <laughs> is like a which regular. is a great lie. Yeah, <laughs> it is a great lie. Uh, she does like. When she's following him up to the office, she does like the GTA stripper walk. It's very funny. Yeah, she's she's she really does. Yeah, oh yeah, she does. She does that. It like slips into being ridiculous. And I wasn't sure because that some of that might have been the heels and the stairs, mm. but I did notice that her ass was a little bit like yeah. it was. It going. was like a definitely on purpose strut. Like yeah. she was playing it up on purpose. Yeah. By the way, early actor fact: this is this guy is Cheryl's dad in Riverdale. Huh. <laughs> this professor. God. <laughs> Stay tuned in like ten years for our Riverdale podcast. (laughs) Okay, we can't keep making this joke because we will will it into reality if we keep making it. I'm halfway tempted to just watch. I'm unfriending every single one of you, and you are no longer invited to my apartment ever. (laughs) If any of you watch Riverdale, well, that's that then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the foot has been put down. That's where I draw the line. The way that the face turns into the dead girl face is very good. Yeah. Mm, it looks really good. The splat. Kind of reminiscent of um, the uh, the spooky girl in Asylum. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah, the splat is great. They just throw like, I don't know, like one of those um, dummy bodies and then that they have in, Richard's I was going to say Hollywood, like, but this is full body startled you know, the film the body behind him is so good. It's great. Yeah, which, like, why did he... He's acting for nobody he's there. He fun. knew it was going to happen. He's leaning into the bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, true. It's he's, true. He's acting for himself. He's just... He's yeah, trying. no, he's you're like, right. He is that kind of guy. And I heard a silly little body fall behind me. I think I would do a silly little jump. <laughs> <laughs> also, why the fuck did he open his window? It's, there's snow on the ground. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he did that. Like, bro, it is not that warm in your office. That's an old building. It's cold well, as she's fuck. She's cold, then he'll oh, have to warm her up. Do you think... Okay, yeah, he, yeah, he's a big creep. That's probably on purpose, right? Like, because she's just got the dress on, so if she's cold... Which, that should already be a red flag, I think. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. she's dressed in fucking nothing. Also, I don't think her breath yeah. even fogs up. <laughs> but that might have just that's been That's probably me. just the actors. Um, like, I don't remember. It wasn't yeah. actually cold for them, you know? I don't think they digitally erased her breath. I think they Either just didn't way, bother putting he should have known better. Yeah, yeah. He should have known better than to He's to not let thinking the, with his upstairs brain. mysteriously underdressed. Yeah, yeah, he's no, thinking with his no, he basement cellar brain that hasn't been clean in <laughs> five years. Um, Gross. Are we on to the boys? <laughs> uh, I did want to say, did, it's unclear whether she pushed him or whether he just fell backwards out the out the window. It, yeah. I hope she Which pushed him. I, I, just, I, hope she, I think she pushed him. Yeah, I think it would have been funnier if she. Well, no, it would have been really. No, funny it's funnier if he, he walk if he falls out without her doing anything. <laughs> but it would be really hard to make that happen. Maybe that's why yeah. he was surprised. He wasn't expecting it to happen yet. That was easy. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, 
before we get to the brothers, I just want to comment. Richard Spate Jr., short so king. So true. Yeah. Love you, man. So good. So excited to see you later. Yeah, yeah by the way, uh, I saw something. <laughs> I told it's the same something. Wyatt knows so things. We, all, we are all on the same I page I know things now. Okay. I was going to yeah. say, if you look at the character list on the Wikipedia, it like totally just immediately spoils that for you. Yep. Yeah, and that's what I I do that every time because I do actor right. facts, and so I just saw this. It was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I okay. Wasn't even try and stop it. I was like, there's, there's no, no way, way that's not yeah. spoiler. It's I'm great, not gonna though. look. Like, the thing is, the thing is, audience is, I'm not gonna look into this at all. I have no idea what this means, <laughs> and I'm excited to find out. So it's barely a spoiler for me. Mm-hmm. As much fun as the actual reveal would have been to hear like his re- reaction in real time, it's still this yeah. is still very funny. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, okay, yeah, now we can cut to the uh, brothers. So first note, Sam's gay little bracelet. I like when the brothers have silly little jewelry just for fun. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's my whole notes. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, I really like this like old hotel they're staying in. It's like they got like a big four-poster bed, uh, mm-hmm. and it's like, I don't know, the vibes yeah, are very good inside this hotel. hotel. Yeah, they have like two yeah. big beds. living it up. Uh-huh. I'm very convinced that they use this set again because I forgot Bobby was in this episode and I was expecting that other hunter guy who doesn't actually show up until like season oh, eight like, who? Uh, okay. to be there. But I think that's because they use this set again and he's in that huh. episode. I believe that. I'm going to figure out. Because this, the thing is, is I'm not sure if this is a set. This might be shot on location because it looks like an old hotel. Yeah. Um, which I am checking right now. Um, oh no, it hasn't been marked. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is just a set. However, this uh, episode is mostly filmed at the School of Theology building at UBC, which is a cool building. Uh, Sam says, cool. "You know who would go a heck of a lot faster? He's so cute, darling. It's he's so much in this episode. Like even when it's yeah. not Dean yeah, telling the like story. Yeah, Sam's version. <laughs> right, we'll get to that. <laughs> Dean's just like being a horrible uh, jerk." When he brought up the computer, I thought this was a callback to when his uh, computer got smashed in uh, the start uh, at the end of season one when the the no, car crash happened. But was maybe a different laptop. Yeah, but they have a laptop. Uh, I do really like the the paralleling of like the laptop versus the car. Like those are their two items that they own. Yes, one of the few things that they can say is theirs personally. Mm-hmm. Like, Dean shares the Impala with Sam, mm-hmm. obviously, but it's still his. It's his baby. And considering the fact that they pretty much live out of the car and they have lived together in very close quarters for most of their lives, like, I can definitely see why they are very possessive over their singular... Oh, yeah, over what small belongings. objects they have, yeah. Yeah. Also because they're siblings, and that's just it's how It's such a are. siblings episode. It's, it's so fun. It's also, so the laptop and the car are kind of their main connection to people other than themselves. They have each other around mm-hmm. all the time, but the laptop is the internet and the car is their transportation. It's like that is their link to other people yeah. unless they want to drive over to, well, they would have to be driving unless they are currently at the roadhouse. Like those are the two ways that they reach people, which means that by targeting the laptop and the car, the trickster has effectively isolated them except that they called Bobby. Except yeah. they have a phone in the, <laughs> the hotel. For both this episode and next episode, I like that the shows, and, and, and like also some previous episodes we talked about, the show's beginning to just straight up start like in media res with the boys' mid-investigation, which I appreciate. Okay. I like that. It's fun to sort of, 
work backward and be like, oh, the laptop and the car are messed up. I'm excited to see how that happened. Mm -hmm. It it helps to break up what is usually a very formulaic yeah. show layout, um, which I think is necessary if you're going to be doing the monster of the week off and on to the next seasons 15 years. Yeah. Even if you are just planning five seasons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's only so many monsters in the world. Yeah. While, while Sam is annoyed, his need is this little bounce. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. there he goes. <laughs> yeah. Narrow divergent Winchesters. <laughs> um, I love Dean purposely being a pig just to like mm -hmm. piss Sam off. He's eating this very messy meal yep. in Sam's bed and like reading a magazine and just being a general dick. It's really good. I love it when Dean's an asshole. Yeah, it's like the the escalation of yes. passive aggressiveness is very funny. Mm -hmm. And it's like such a clear older sibling move because like if it was swapped the other way around, Dean would have just like shoved him off the bed. But like Sam <laughs> uh -huh. doesn't try yeah. to do that. Yeah, and Sam also isn't like physical yeah. in that way, so he just has to sit yeah. here and suffer. <laughs> mm hmm. What he should have done is just be like, all right, it's your bed yeah, now. you can have yeah. that one. All right, you want to talk about this bar scene? Yeah. Oh, boy. Because yes. I love uh, Jen and Curtis are their names, these two students. Mm -hmm. uh, they're both extremely good. Uh, Jen is really into urban legends. Um, and Curtis is the most frat boy, frat boy in existence. Mm -hmm. He's the mahogany teakwood of men. When Jen says that the girl in the legend jumped from room 669, she goes, get it? You turn the nine upside down? Uh -huh. I think we all got oh, it. Also, 6-9, nice. And nice. And nice. Uh-huh. Nice. And then she says, anyone who sees her, they don't live to tell the tale. And Curtis goes, well, if no one lives to tell the tale, how does the tale get told? And she goes, Curtis, shut up. And she gets so mad at him. <laughs> She's like, you're ruining my bit. I'm trying to tell the story. It's really good. He is such an asshole, but like I genuinely can see like the affection between them. Uh huh. Well, I believe that these two characters are friends, even though like they probably shouldn't be. She deserves <laughs> a better friend. Uh huh. I bet they knew each other when they were kids, and they were like, "Let's go to college together. That'd be fun." I'm inventing yeah. this whole backstory for these two characters. <laughs> and then we cut to Dean. <sighs> Then oh, we cut oh, to D. Oh, jeez. This has given me, this ep this scene gives me so much secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> like, it's, it's insane. Okay, so let's so lay it out. First of all, this is Sam's perspective. And Sam is the one narrating this to Bobby. So he's telling the story and Dean is just like this yes. very sloppy. He's like chugging these weird purple nurple shots, like three in a row. And he's trying to hook up with this... Um, how do I say this respectfully? She's she's not an impressive person. She's like very sloppy drunk. She's wearing lots of makeup. She has clearly dyed blonde hair. She's like almost vomiting up her liquor. Um, and Dean is like yeah. extremely douchey about trying to hook up with her. And they're both just like grinning suggestively. And Sam is very unimpressed. <laughs> It was very cute when she was like, Enchante. And Sam does this No, yeah, little... she's adorable. Hi. I love Starla. <laughs> like, in his own perspective, he's still a bitch. Yeah. Sam uh -huh. is such a bitch. <laughs> uh, also, Dean calls Sam Major yeah. Tom. It's so funny. He's apparently told this, yeah. this woman that he is that a he's an astronaut. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and when she says that she's trying yeah. to keep her liquor down, Dean's like, yeah, good job. <laughs> Which is so cute. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> yeah. This is what it's like watching an episode written by, like, Sarah Gamble or some other Dean Stan and someone who clearly is a Sam girl, like Provenance. Yeah. Like, this uh -huh. is those two dynamics so <laughs> in one scene. It's incredible. Um, and then, of course, the scene freezes and Dean goes, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. That's not how it happened. And he tells his side of things. <laughs> love the freeze frame. Love one the more small thing, though. The, like... <laughs> Yeah, the freeze frame's really good. I got so excited when that happened. Um, the, the like, the Dean slander here isn't even that far off because he has absolutely said she's got a sister to Sam in previous yeah. episodes when he's been flirting <laughs> yes. with someone. Oh, this absolutely. is a thing that has yeah, actually happened. The best part happened. is that both of them are clearly mm -hmm. inaccurate because Dean wouldn't be that gross, but he has been yeah. similar and he is clearly exaggerating yeah. his own perspective as we will get to in a minute. But... <laughs> Like, Sam oh, is yeah, not giving the real story, so it's very good. Yeah, it's very much colored over not only by like the fact that they're pissed off at each other, but also their own versions mm -hmm. of each other, and how, like, especially with from Sam to Dean, Sam has a very specific image of Dean in his mind because Dean hides himself and presents this face, uh, even to Sam, who he knows best in the whole wide world. Mm -hmm. um so it's it's funny but it's also like really deeply sad that these brothers don't actually like yeah. know each other well enough to tell an accurate representation of the story and that like i can imagine i'm gonna just go off for a second i can imagine dean laying up that night being like damn does sam really just see me as some sloppy douchebag who just gets drunk and hooks up with quote-unquote trashy women all the time yeah uh, I think it's definitely, it. it's definitely um, uh, magnified by the fact that they both yeah, hate each other right mad. now they're because not, they yeah. think they're, like, destroying each other's stuff. Yeah, so yeah. this is, like, them thinking they're worst about each other rather than, like, the average way they think about each other. But you're still, what you're saying is still super, like, accurate, yeah, I think. Dean's version. <laughs> She's no longer oh. wearing fishnets. <laughs> She's in a very nice cocktail dress. She's, yeah. Sorry, one more thing. It should be noted that in Sam's version of the story, her name was Starla. And, and Dean can't remember her name. Yeah. Dean says it was not Starla, but he can't actually remember what she was called. So that's. Which is not, is not. Uh... Does not speak Okay, but he was three purple nurples <laughs> deep. Yeah. I yeah, would like to interject real quick with the purple nurple fun things. So I looked it up real quick just now. I mean, before the uh, recording started. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to know what was in it, and I forgot to look it up until now. Um, and I found an Urban Dictionary definition. Like, there are other websites that had, like, recipes for it. But I found an Urban Dictionary definition that starts off mm -hmm. with the sentence, an alcoholic beverage featured in Supernatural. Girl, it is, <laughs> it is not a fictional drink. This is a real drink you can ask for at a bar. It is not just featured in Supernatural, but it is posted by Dean Winces girl <sighs> in 2011. Oh so, my God. Ah! Thanks for that. I don't like yeah, that. Sorry. <laughs> But it does look good. <laughs> Looks fun. Wait, what's in uh, Also, it's a uh, cocktail it's drink. Rum. But yeah, it's coconut rum, triple sec, yeah. blue curacao, cranberry juice, and ice. Um, yeah, but yeah, good. it's a fruity yeah, little cocktail drink, which we don't usually see Dean drinking. Yeah. And also, well, they are in do, shot it, glasses. So. Yeah, he's, he's doing, doing shots. He's it, doing shots. You don't do shots at the cocktail. Yeah, you don't. But uh, still, just the fact that like normally you see him drinking whiskey or beer and it's like... I don't know, man. Yeah. I think they're called a purple nurple. That quote is there, actually, in the Urban Dictionary <laughs> <Yeah>. definition. <laughs> yeah. 
Which, I mean, I would imagine that college bars probably have their own takes on certain yeah, drinks sure. because they're college bars. And Purple Nurple is a really funny name for a drink. Mm-hmm. I could not imagine going to, like, an actual cocktail bar and saying out loud with a straight face, yeah, can I, I like get a Purple, purple Nurple, please? <laughs> yeah, it would be Anyway. Silly. Anyway, Dean's version. Dean's version. She goes, here's to, and he says, here's to us. And they, like, clink their glasses. And she goes, yeah. my God, you are attractive. And he says, thanks. But no time for that now. It's okay. so good. Yeah. It's so funny. Her, 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 my God, you're attractive is so similar to Emma when Stop you it. were doing Cherry in, Sherry, uh, yeah. in Night Shifters. The, uh, sorry, Sherry. Yeah, the voice you put on. Because that's how she said it. So, like, Dean is not it's, that yeah, off it's base. True. Women do talk about him like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very James Bond of him. He's so yeah. There's no yeah. time so for that suave. right now. Yeah. Yeah, he, said, he says, you need to tell me about this urban legend. Please, lives are at stake. <laughs> and she goes, sorry, I just and can't she even says, concentrate. It's like staring yeah. into the sun. And then they kiss. And Zen comes up with that behind that. It's like a very... You know, like uh-huh. high romance kiss. They're not like making out at the bar. They're having like a kiss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Sam comes up with like extreme bitch face and goes, Dean, what do you think yep. you're doing? <laughs> and Dean. as like the most wooden acting, like on purpose, it's really good. He's talking in a way that Sam doesn't normally talk in. This yeah. is some of Jared Paddle. He's got, he's best got work. his jacket hooked over his shoulder with one finger. Mm-hmm. And I, please watch this scene. Like, Fuck Jarpad, but he does it very well in this scene. This is one of the best Sam moments in uh-huh. the show, in my opinion. Yeah, it's so yeah. good, and it's only like ten percent bitchier than the ultimate his own bitch. Was. It's true. Yeah, and then uh-huh. he just starts breaking down. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> that was the funniest bit. It's great. It's so <laughs> good. This is a very serious investigation. We don't have time for any of your blah 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 blah. And Dean goes back to kiss her blah, again. Blah blah blah. And then if Reese Frank Yeah, they're just Sam, kissing a Sam in the background just going bum bum bum. Yeah. And then Sam's yeah, like, I don't when... sound like that. And Dean says, That's what you sound like to me. <laughs> yeah. Little dickheads. Uh it's so good. Bobby calls them an old married couple, and Dean's like, married couples can get divorced. <laughs> yeah. While I am uncomfortable with the comparison of them to an old married couple, because I would usually refrain from saying that about yep. siblings, mm-hmm. the the lines following it are. Yeah. Very I've good. I've heard it been said about sibling like siblings that I know, not just like on TV. Like it's usually in a joking way, and there usually isn't the history of the yeah, supernatural there... <laughs> fandom behind it. So that's fair. I don't know if Wincest was very popular in the fandom at this point. There was the no show. one else to ship them. Yeah. With, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, women. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, right after that line, Dean says, "Me and him were like uh, Siamese twins," and I was like, mm. "And Sam immediately goes, it's conjoined mm. twins.' Thank you, Sam." And Dean says, "See what I mean?" Redeemed. Uh huh. Sam is a woke king. Yeah. <laughs> For the bit, but it still helped. Uh, when they're interviewing the janitor, who is actually the trickster, and they're investigating the professor's office. Um, he's like, not sure why you're wiring up this office. Not going to do the professor much good. And Dean says, why is that? And he does his jaunty uh-huh. little pop and goes, he's dead. <laughs> exactly in that it's tone. So good. He's it's so, so good. good. No wonder they kept his character around. <sighs> Immediately, like, I wrote down, who's this janitor? I love him. And then, yeah, it turns uh-huh. out. Yeah. yeah, like, he's wearing coveralls, and you can see his, like, cheeky little hip-hop waist curve. Yeah. He's dead. Yeah, he's so... Oh. 
He's dead. Shout out to Richard Spade Jr. for literally making one of the most characters. So it should also be mentioned that Richard Spade Jr., I believe, goes on to direct a couple of yes, episodes. Oh, good for him. Oh, cool. Later in the show, um, in addition to being the character that he is. What's very funny, again, this is an early Dr. Fact because we're talking about this guy. Previously, he's just like a big like drama actor. Like He was in Band of Brothers uh, and The Agency in Jericho. Uh, which none of those are comedies and he's just like maybe he plays a goofy character in like at least one of those who knows but like it's interesting because he feels like he'd be like a sitcom actor with the way he's acting in this supernatural changed him i don't know if he's been in a drama since (laughs) i know he's in that other comedy show with literally every other supernatural actor on the planet but i don't know about any of his other stuff yeah that one anyway (laughs) You can see how this episode lives rent free in my head by mm-hmm. how b- fucked, fucking, absolutely bajonkers <laughs> it's making me this morning. <laughs> he was still acting in Jericho at the time. Jericho ended in two thousand eight, but mm. but yeah. In this scene, Dean keeps stuffing his face full of nuts, like chipmunk stuff, like all the way stuffed. Uh-huh. And at some point, it pauses. His cheeks are so full. On, maybe one, He's maybe so two, and Sam cute. goes, "Just let me tell it, okay?" And continues with Dean's face just getting more and more full of nuts. <laughs> Like, he's clearly not swallowing the ones that are in his cheeks. He just keeps putting more in between them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's disgusting, but it's also so cute. It's so this is funny. another, like, this gets used in lots of AMVs of, like, <laughs> Dean being adorable. I think it gets used mm-hmm. in a couple of recaps in the future. Like, this is a very familiar moment yeah, for me. It's peak and it's not even a thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, like, it didn't no. even really happen. They used they it in recaps. They made Jackals do it, it happened. <laughs> yeah it's true it's he's true. making so many like wet mouth sounds it's too. so disgusting. gross yeah so here we have you know dean stuffing his face full of food played as a joke because yeah. it's sam who doesn't understand the sadder reasons for dean always stuffing his yeah. face full of food mm-hmm. if you have misophonia make sure you turn down the volume in, when you watch this scene because mm-hmm. it will <laughs> um also, we this is where we first get like Dean and the janitor like shaking hands <laughs> mentally. It's is so he loves the more ass than a toilet seat toilet seat joke, uh, and they share like a little laugh and a grin. Uh, they say ganked again in the next scene where they're checking out the history of the building, and Dean says, "See if any coed ganked herself there." Also, using co-ed to mean female student is, like, so weirdly dated. Is that something that people still did in 2007? Yeah. Or is that, like, he's doing it as, like, shorthand? I have no idea. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know if... I don't even know if I know what co-ed means. Like, obviously, it means, co- like, co-education. Yeah, because yeah, back, back in the old days, you yeah. would have schools only for men and only for women, and a co-ed school would be a school where, like, both men and women can go. And so that's where the phrase came from. That's bizarre days. because, like, yeah, it's an hour to sitting here, like, the hmm, way Dean that. says it. Yeah. yeah. The way Dean says it is like coed should colloquially mean, colloquially mean it like, does yeah. mean a sorority. A f- no, girl. it means like a female student at a college. Yeah, but the way he says it, like, if I didn't know that it stood for coeducated, I would think it was some slang term for, like, a sorority girl or some other Greek life thing. Because, like, the way he says it has kind of, like, that negative party girl connotation to me. Yeah. I don't know. Dean, this this is just how Dean talks. <laughs> He's talking mm-hmm. about women. He has to be derogatory. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this, speaking of... Oh, this, go ahead. 
That's not that's not what ganked means. <laughs> I've never heard yeah. that word before, that's... so <laughs> it's not supernatural's first I time. I clearly using it. but does it not just mean killed? Oh, I forgot. No, it's like uh it it's short for like being ganged up on. Like it mm. comes from like the like gangster. Huh. It it's like getting getting overwhelmed by a group of people and like robbed or killed by them. Yeah. Okay. Or if like I think in the late aughts, at least when you know people like my brothers used it, it was more like like you would get ganked in Call of Duty. Like yeah, yeah I just it's looked a, it up. It's, just it's used the word very ganked, often in it video shows games. Up as one, take or steal something, or defraud or rob someone, or two, in a video game, use underhand means to defeat or kill a less experienced yeah. opponent. That troll just ganks me, but in Supernatural, it just means kill, which is weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very strange. It's uh, see, I used to play League of Legends all the time, and that's just straight up. You would just call it ganking someone whenever, like, you went over into someone else's lane and underhandedly killed them, like from the bushes or whatever. Yeah. Oh, gamers. That's my. That's my. League of Legends corner, a game I haven't played in like seven years. The call out post starts right now. Wyatt canceled for playing League of Legends. <laughs> um, going back to Dean and being gross about women, this is when Sam's laptop is frozen on a gross fetishizing porn site. This mm -hmm. is which then yeah, becomes like a, a running, running joke. This site show. specifically, oh, really? this is a running joke. Well, but this the isn't site even... and the magazine that accompanies it become like a regular Dean character. He didn't even. It's bad, and it was. A disgusting decision and an unpleasant part of his character and i choose to ignore it whenever i'm actually analyzing dean because i think this is bad was it removed at some point no like it's Ugh. in the novel i bought they make the same joke about like dean having a thing for asian women it's gross and it's bad hmm. yeah um, they make jokes about him watching hentai in later seasons no. that is a different bad joke oh my god no. Well, the 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 Orientalism and the Asian fetishism kind of runs through. Yeah, us. that's they do. I think those there was a post somewhere that I am never going to find again. But there was a post that says like the woman who posed for busty Asian beauty should have the right to kill gins and ackles. So true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I I guess this kind of answers the thing because I was like, isn't I thought this was just something the trickster did. Which no. I guess the trickster froze it on the page, but Dean was looking at that page. The the one like good and funny thing about this scene is the way he just walks out. Yeah, hit the bricks. <laughs> like he doesn't even. Say, I, I guess he yells from the other room, but his response to Sam being like, "Yeah, it's frozen on this page." Is he just leaves the room? <laughs> Fuck this shit! I'm out. Just walk out. But yeah, it's bad. It's not good. It's very odd. It's bad. I yeah, wish they it's, hadn't continued yeah, it's it not. This line. Yeah. Yeah. Yeesh. Oh, wait, one final note for that scene. Um, Dean makes a joke and comments about Sam having OCD. So, again, neurodivergent Winchester's win again. Even he does do that. Winning by losing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so then aliens. <laughs> aliens. <sighs> yeah. So a few episodes ago, our time, uh, we mentioned aliens being in the show but not being in the show. This is one of those instances. Oh, right. Right. I remember that. I remember being like, what are you talking about? And now I got this my answer. Alien number one. So the the probe thing is bad, yeah. but I do want to say I love the slow dance scene, particularly because fun fact, everyone, that's Tyler in this in the alien suit. They got Tyler back, which I have to imagine it was a really cute scene to film. Tyler from Playthings. But also, yeah, Tyler from Playthings, yeah. which is interesting. I wonder if they filmed like those episodes like back to back or something. It was like, oh, well, we got you here. Can you put on this alien suit for like a minute? <laughs> 
They're like, who's someone short that we We know? need someone short, yeah. yeah. I also really love Bobby's reaction to hearing about this. He goes, aliens? And he says, yeah. And he goes, aliens? And he says, yeah. yeah. And Bobby says, look, even if they are real, they're sure as hell not coming to Earth and swiping people. Like, Bobby believes uh-huh. in extraterrestrial life, but not in alien abductions love that for him in the way normal people do he's like aliens <laughs> like, yeah, have aliens better shit to do have to exist <laughs> yeah exactly this is my stance and they prefaced um, it with like we know you're not gonna like this one but we yeah. swear this is what yeah. apparently happened yeah um also curtis's actor is doing a pretty good job of like He's just sitting there taking shots, and he is so messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. it really adds to the comedy, but it's also just a really, like, good performance. Yeah. It is. Um, on that note, Like, man, though, this like, guy's fucked is for life. It is played as funny, but also, like, this is, a, like, at least an analogy. This, like, this is sexual assault, right? Yeah. Like, it's, imp- it's implied no, yeah, it's a, that this it's is a, rape a sexual joke and assault it's bad. situation, and it's definitely played yeah. for, for humor, even though he is clearly traumatized. Not good. Uh, mm-hmm. And then yeah. Curtis says, and that's not even the worst of it. And Dean says, how could it get any worse? Some alien made you his bitch. Extremely bad. Uh, and that's when you find out that yep. you have to slow dance with the alien. But, like, mm-hmm. don't yeah. like the, uh, like. The implications yeah. of pretty much everything in this scene is very bad. Very, let's make light of yeah, rape. Like a, a straight yeah. man being penetrated as humor, as his trauma is funny, is like extremely bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's degrading for him to have been penetrated. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of not great things here. Also, though, it seems like there's only one alien, either that or they're all identical. Um, but we only ever see one alien at a time, and we use they, but he, Dean says he, so he, they, alien canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, let's take that out of this. That that's that's good. Aliens are he they's exclusively in. Yeah. Also, slightly later, um, Bobby says it knows you're onto him, so he it trickster cannon. Like hell uh-huh. yeah, so he loves to see it. Good Literally. Yeah. All right, back to the alien. The tractor beam uh, was a real nice touch. <laughs> In terms of it was an effect that like has never bit like is r- not even remotely a thing that you would expect in Supernatural, a show that is not about aliens. <laughs> and it's just like full on tractor beam, like bright light. He like rises up into the air. It's good. It's very good. It's yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, it was a good effect. Yeah, I wish the I wish the probe joke had not been in the scene because I really everything else about this is very funny. Like the the boys' reactions to aliens bobby's reaction like it's it's a fun part of the show but is like wrapped up in this like the core of a bad joke which is Mm -hmm. upsetting to Mm -hmm. me but Mm -hmm. that's that's supernatural sometimes yeah yeah i was gonna say that's pretty much what we're in for here Uh uh-huh um and then shall we talk about when they talk to his housemate because this This is is another classic sam moment famous yeah even though it didn't actually happen Again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they go talk to, um, what's yeah. his name? I don't even know if we have a name for him. The guy who was in the same house as Curtis. And there, Sam goes, look, man, I, I know this all has to be so hard. And the student is like, uh, not so much. And Sam goes, but I want you to know I'm here for you, you brave little soldier. I acknowledge your pain. Come here. And gives him, like, this huge hug, making, like, this exaggerated <laughs> face. And he goes, you're too precious for this world. And it freezes. And Sam goes, I never said that. And he says, you're always saying pansy stuff like that. Oh. Okay, microaggress him again. Oh. 
Literally. <laughs> like, this idea that Sam is, that Dean is always seeing Sam, like, be respectful of their um, interviewee's mental health. And he's like, wow, touchy-feely much? Yeah, which is interesting, because, like, I have very strong memories of talking about the really, like, gentle and good way Dean treated the nonverbal kid in, what, episode two? Mm -hmm. No, episode three was Dead in the Water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Which is, like, Dean is also capable of this, but Mm -hmm. does not do it very often. He doesn't really have patience for the frat boy. Particularly, usually only for children, yeah. Yeah. He treats children gently because he knows that children are fragile. Yeah. Uh, not, I don't mean that in a condescending way. I mean that in like a children are very impressionable yeah. and need compassion when adults speak to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he thinks adults, especially adult men, need to be tougher and they don't need to be handled with kid gloves no matter what's happened and to them. Certainly no, don't need giant pretty hugs. Ju- yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, and also Dean, like if someone ever suggested that Dean Winchester went to therapy... <laughs> It would never happen. He would laugh at them, and he would never speak to them again. Um, whereas Sam would probably be the one suggesting said therapy. Like, there's this... Oh, it's just... There's this very, like, clear difference between the both of them of, like, how they view trauma and, like, what's... How... What is the appropriate way to process it? Sam yeah. has, like, a fairly, like, normal version of it where it's like yeah you have to feel your feelings and talk about them meanwhile dean is like i will simply repress everything until i die and i will mm-hmm. sit here consumed with john feelings Mulaney for the gif. rest of the evening <laughs> yeah he's that john mulaney gif i will keep everything right here and then one day i will die <laughs> yep. um i just wanted to say this uh this reminded me very much of the joke from children shouldn't play with dead things uh it's your grief counselors we've come to hug mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, at the end of the scene sam is still making like this very exaggerated sad pouty face and dean goes it's okay to him <laughs> yeah he says you're too precious for this world mm-hmm. which okay so i really thought that he said too pure as well so this makes me wonder, like, where the, the, the precious cinnamon world, too good for this world, too pure, came mm-hmm. from, and if this is a reference, or if this is where it came from. Oh. What? I want to know the etymology of that meme. I will be right back with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eights. Man, is this the... Now now I'm just, like, galaxy braining here. Is the... If this is the reference for you're too pure slash you're too precious for this world, that... That's incredible. Homestuck made us, but also so did Supernatural. Super, so did Supernatural. Uh, no, it was an Some onion of the worst headline. Things we know. Uh, it was an onion so article oh. headline. Beautiful cinnamon roll, too good for this world, too pure. Okay, when was that? 2014. Well, yeah, when was that? So it could be referencing. Yo. <laughs> Supernatural did it first. I mean, Supernatural did it first. debatably. But it doesn't use the word precious. Like, it's it's been, yeah. it's a line, like, it would be very funny if that was true. But um, too precious for this world is, or too pure for this world is definitely something that's been said before Supernatural. Yeah, in I mean Supernatural feels like it's making yeah. a reference just by saying it in that phrasing. It or does feel like phrasing, it's making a yeah. reference, like invoking but... a specific tone. So yeah, but the beautiful cinnamon roll thing is, um, I don't know if it was you know like really set off by the Onion because I feel like that was a thing before 2014, probably. Like hmm. I feel like. I don't know. I don't actually know. I don't think um, so. I think that was it, and then it just you no longer had to that was use it? the image to accompany it. Oh, uh, okay. It doesn't also, actually say anything about. Was, uh, almost eight years ago, so it's been a long That's time. That's true. Damn. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, it does say the in the yeah. Twenty fourteen about... does feel like a feel like the beginning of that type of language on the internet. Yeah. It yeah, says I mean, in the about it subsequently yet, so became it an exploitable feels... catchphrase on Tumblr. Yeah. So it feels it feels very uh, of an era with like puppers and doggos. Yes, <laughs> to me. very much. Yes, which is why it's very difficult to place when I started hearing it first. Also, because anything like pre-yesterday is all one glob of memory so true i would love to know if you if you know or have memories of when two precious of for this world started circulating and if it was on the internet pre-2007 please i bet you could do like a google trends another note on the know your meme website uh of the spread of the meme was that on january 2nd 2015 this is very specific a Tumblr user, Ren Morris, posted a photograph of Special Agent Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks next to a screenshot of the Onion Cinnamon Roll article, which is shown below in the article. So um, it seems to them, like, it seems to me that they're using that as, like, one of the earliest, if not the first, occurrence of using it as, you know, direct correlation with a character. Um which was almost, which was about literally almost a year later after the Onion article was published. So I'm not sure if that's really the first one, um, or even one of the earliest but it was the ones. The first one that got widely yeah. circulated. Yeah. If you just put so. it into Google "too precious for this world" in quotes, there's like everything on the first page is supernatural, except there's a book and yeah. a song, which were by the title, which were both released in 2018, so not related. Okay. Yeah. Who knows? The history of one day archaeologists will is know. Conflict. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is where we learned that Curtis had it come, quote unquote, had it coming. Oh, hold on. Which I found it's unclear what he on, did, but on funny oh. smiley face on Pinterest from 2003 that says 23 times Eddie Redmayne was too precious for this world, but I haven't clicked on it yet. So oh, not be that's 2003. I told it to give me results only until 2003. Until 2007, but it's not actually giving me the link when I open open it. So. Also, were people like loving on Eddie Redmayne before he was in like Fantastic Beasts? He was in other stuff yeah, that. he was in lots of other stuff before that. I think. Well, I know he was in other stuff, but like, were people standing him at the time? There must have been a you okay. Know? I found a, small, a comment a section, on a blog, on Blogspot that says "Too Precious for This World" in 2006. So it was a phrase that was around okay. before Supernatural said it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like where's that? Okay, hold on. Where's that homestuck meme? Oh dear. <laughs> the people, every every, the history of humanity is people reinvent homestuck, et cetera, et cetera. No, no, it's the Dave Strider oh. quote. <laughs> oh, okay. Thought you were doing a people reinventing two presses for this world. Well, shit, that's a hell of a mystery. No one thought was a mystery and didn't even oh. really need solving. But damn, if it didn't, just get solved. So nice with the iPhone stamp. Oh, that is a good. That is a good Dave quote. I didn't. I didn't want to. Crop it, crop it fast. Okay, thank you, thank you. All right. Well, now that we've got extremely off topic. Next scene. <laughs> yeah, let's focus back in. It's already two o'clock. Um, the next scene Shifting is into focus. back in um, the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean says that these punishments are almost poetic. Actually, it'd be more like a limerick, which I love. Yeah, which is D- Dean. Makes, that's a type of poem. <laughs> yeah, and it makes like. No sense. Yes, the thing is. that makes a limerick a limerick is, like, 
it's it does make he's sense. Saying, like it's low art. I, he's saying like these these ironic punishments are like poetic and kind of. Yeah, like, it's a crude cheap, joke. Uh, that is so high minded for Dean. Yeah, yeah it is really high minded for so Dean. Hard. I did. But also, like, what makes a limerick? A, I love him. <laughs> the thing that makes a limerick a limerick is its rhyme yes, structure, but, right? Well, the rhythm. And no, the rhyme. also, also what it's, it's about. I suppose like the true. content tends to be you know it comedic and yeah they have a reputation as being. Listen, like I took <laughs> English student time period. I took an entire class on form poetry and what the various types of forms were used for and how you write poems in a form and what forms are for and how they inform like the content and the like specific rhythm and rhyme scheme of a limerick like ba- makes it basically impossible to write a serious poem with that like form and rhyme scheme because of the tone that it evokes through the sort of tone yeah, that the English bouncy. language uses for talking about goofy things. Yeah, it's bouncy, exactly. That makes sense. It'd be really hard to write about like, a funeral student. <laughs> I would like to see you try, though. Maybe if I get one done by the time this post. Mm-hmm. Dean apparently leaves his dirty socks in the yeah. sink. <laughs> Why would you leave your socks in the that's sink? That's you're doing laundry. Gross. Oh, I guess that's true. Don't motels a lot of the time have, like, at least one laundry machine that they let you, like, purchase access to? I don't think to? he's talking or about right now specifically. He might just be saying, like, this is a thing that happens. Yeah. I just wouldn't wouldn't have thought of them doing their laundry in the sink. This is also the man who let a dog wash his plate, so. It's true. I love how you just agreed with me. Yeah. No, I just, that just makes sense. I can't remember if it's canon this or This is canon, canon, to make that, that clear. It's canon. Yeah, laundry. no, I believe No, it's you. canon. I think it's canon. <laughs> Um, I, I genuinely can't tell anymore if, like, Skeptical Frog made this up or if this is, like, based on actual <laughs> text. But I'm pretty sure that Dean, like, does the family laundry and has for, like, years. Crying. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound familiar. I know. I, I, I can't tell. I'm going to have to actually cite my sources <laughs> way, for this one. <laughs> either way, Skeptical Frog is correct. Mm-hmm. As usual. As usual. Anyway, uh, Dean threatens Sam's life in this scene. <laughs> How'd you feel if I screwed with the Impala? It'd be the last thing you ever did. And then Bobby, again, this is where the datification of Bobby begins, where he goes, did you take his computer? <laughs> it's really good. It's great. Like, like I don't care who started it, but I'm ending it. Dean, yeah. did you take his computer? Come on. <laughs> Dean, be nice to your brother. Okay, I found a scene so of the two of them in the laundromat in what must be season five, and Sam is the one putting things in the machine. So it's not always dean at least well well, there we go i like dean saying i'm a joy to be around like no you're not but that's okay Uh (laughs) uh-huh i love him so much he's such a dickhead uh this is where also the show makes a hardline stance on the ethics of uh animal testing and science where sam says (laughs) sam says he was uh he was a research scientist animal testing and dean goes yeah you know a dick (laughs) which is so good as we all know dean likes animals they're literally like you know we can excuse it's literally the we can excuse racism but i draw the line of animal cruelty (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um dean this is where uh, i've realized dean is the opposite of spike spiegel he loves uh women animals and children (laughs) wyatt that was such a well okay it's not that deep a cut but yeah it's not absolutely no one here (laughs) i only know 
why that what that's from because I'm friends with you. <laughs> I know the name of the I gotta character. make you watch Cowboy Bebop at some point. A good I, show. Oh, okay. Wait, I have started watching Cowboy Bebop. Good. Okay, well maybe it hits with eights then. It hits a little. I like him. He's very, He's good. very good. The scene where he swallows the cigarette lives in my head forever. Oh yes, I have seen that. It was <laughs> anyway. disgusting. Anyways, <laughs> I think it's very weird that Sam can like identify at was it an alligator belly an alligator belly scale on alligator site. yeah like he's just like looks like a belly yeah. scale like you could maybe say it's a scale that's probably a large reptile why do you know it's a yep. belly scale from an alligator what kind of weird yeah. classes did he take at stanford like i recognize it as a reptile scale because my bearded dragon has scales that are similarly shaped just on a much much smaller scale haha <laughs> obviously uh-huh. um thank you <laughs> um but like to, I immediately identify it as an alligator specifically, belly scale specifically is like, hello. Did Sam You're try a to be Sam's boy. Is that what to the lost years between like starting college age and being <laughs> up with Dean age? Did he try for veterinarian school and then decided to be a lawyer instead? Was he? Did he discover Sam had a, a lizard or a reptile? Yeah, but like even in veterinary school, how often do alligators come up? Sam had a, a All... reptile special interest Zoology. as a child. Oh, Something good point. With you. My uh, yeah, yeah, my autistic Sam headcanon continues. All this man does is research. So true. I'll accept it. Anyway, we get some real gory uh, prosthetics in this scene. It's, it's great. Great. It's it's they're all chewed up looking. Nashed. Yeah, nasty. Nashed bits. Mm-hmm. Chomp, 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 chomp. <laughs> then we get the Impala with its slash tires. And, and Sam's yeah, stupid little money, the, clip. The money clip. I think the mm-hmm. only way that makes sense for Sam to have a silver engraved money clip is if Jess's family gave it to him. That's a headcanon I saw. Uh, that's cute. I've accepted it. I think it's cute. I like that headcanon. Yeah. Like, why would he buy that himself? It's such a stupid thing to own. He yeah. doesn't have cash half the time. Yeah. Like, he'd just keep his money in a rubber band or something, like normal money. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Also, it's engraved with his initials, yeah. uh-huh. which, Sam, you are a hunter. You should not have that. Like, I, can yeah. only, I also can only imagine that being a thing if Jess's family gave it to him, or if Jess, if, if it was a gift from Jess or something. Yeah, yeah I, I, like, at first thought, I was like, oh, is this a... Uh... Or not at first thought, because I didn't know at the time, but, like, looking back, I was like, oh, is this a trickster joke? But no, because he doesn't be like that. He, he's, he recognizes his money clip. So, yeah. Um, also, <laughs> Sam's like, give me back my money. And Dean says, consider reparations for emotional trauma. Yeah. <laughs> so, all the times they have their stupid little fight. Trauma. Just because yeah. your car uh-huh. is not even say, like, the the It'll ruin the rims. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It will ruin the rims. You can't mess with a man's baby like that. Yeah. No, no, no. And then Bobby, the actual detective this whole time, is like, <laughs> yeah, I could tell from you guys that this is a trickster. Yeah. Uh, which I immediately, um, oh, God, I hate what the internet has done to me. Because the thing I was about to say was I immediately pogged out, which <laughs> I didn't want to say, but I couldn't think of any other word to describe my reaction. Yeah, this is a pog safe space. <laughs> I got very excited when I it, it became obvious that it's a trickster because I love I love trickster gods so much. Yeah. Uh, and this one is so good, and it, it's uh, so this episode's so good. Uh, and Bobby says, "You got mm-hmm. a trickster on your hands," and Dean goes, "That's what I thought." And Sam goes, "What? No, you didn't." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sam's like, "You have never once thought in your life." Ext- big sibling <laughs> and ener- like relationship energy there. So good. Mm-hmm. Bobby like metaphorically whaps them both on a head on the head with newspapers like hello 
Hello? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a fun bit here when it cuts to the uh, trickster's house that I just noticed is in the Weekly World News. There's a page that says Chainsaw's family body parts uh, strewn over a grisly scene, uh, which is a uh, foreshadowing for the um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre like reference that he summons later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's oh, fun. Huh. That's a fun that's little cool. thing. Um, why do you have a folklore corner for tricksters? Because this is where Bobby drops them. Uh, I did not. I did not have time to do research. Like, I mean, I, I could talk about trickster gods because, yeah, humans love tricksters. There are trickster, like, type beings in so many different cultures and like again as as we always talk about when we talk about things that are trans among humanity often they have different functions like depending on where you go but it is true in this case that they're particularly it's (laughs) humans love stories about people who get their comeuppance from some goofy thing yeah Yeah. bobby says tricksters target bugs bunny is a modern trickster god (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And often, th- this is also the thing is like often trickster gods are like exactly for that. Uh, is like their um their morality tales, their stories about like usually the people who uh get the attention of a trickster are like doing something that is like a social taboo of some kind. Uh, tricksters often target the rich and powerful in some way or people that uh in other ways are breaking like the social customs of the area. Uh, so there are these stories, often there are stories you tell the kids to, like, teach them about, teach them in a funny way about, um, like, your customs or, like, to socialize them. Uh, and they're just, they're just, they're good, they're good jokes. People like good jokes. People have always liked good jokes. Um, and also a lot of the time, the, like, opposite thing, uh, which sort of fits, I mean, they don't end up getting the better of the trickster in the end, but uh, tricksters are often also butts of jokes. There are plenty of trickster stories where the trickster is the one who gets tricked in the end as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's that's my like, off-the-dome trickster corner, a, a just a concept in various myths and religions, which I adore. And I'm sure we will talk about this later. Yeah. We're going to have this, to talk about as it. As this yes. character comes up more. Yeah. Um, my His room is insane, and then my last <laughs> note is, Dean, you're stupid. I don't remember what that was for. Could be anything. <laughs> Probably about his comments about wanting a happy ending. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that That's way yeah, later. You skipped ahead a whole bunch yeah, of my notes. Yeah, uh, my notes kind of devolved at the end of this. Yeah. Um, I've seen this episode so many times, guys. <laughs> uh, the idea that he says, like, something's missing, and then it's the answer is that naked women are missing or not naked because this is still on television uh-huh. but almost naked women yeah. are missing is like hmm. he's literally creating yes. women as sex objects which is like yeah he's a douche he's the bad guy of the episode it's fine yeah I allow it. also like tricksters um in many cases are uh like i was gonna say bastions that's not the word are like i'm gonna rephrase this tricksters are often hedonists um mm-hmm. so this fits also yeah. yeah i think it's very funny that when they hang out with him the next morning um he's like had quite the night last night lots of sex if you catch my drift uh-huh. like what's the drift there sir you just said it <laughs> and he yeah, says yeah hard not good. to he does not give a fuck um, uh, he also says i'm dragging a little ass which is a funny turn of phrase i've literally never ever heard that like i know like 
I've heard dragging my ass, but not a little. Yeah, like he's only dragging a little ass. Just like one cheek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting phrase, but um, I love it. Sam says that Dean reads the we- Weekly World News, probably because it's useful for cases. Yes. Also, they've pretended to be from it. Is sometimes. it, though? I mean, if it's saying weird shit, sometimes something might sound a little bit more plausible, and then they go check it out. If it's aliens, they know to ignore it. But if it's like That's true. there was That's you know, true. a haunting here, then they could be like, hmm, is there a more reputable I feel like Dean probably reads yeah, it because it's funny to laugh at that. That too. My dad gets newspapers that he hates just because he likes laughing at the articles yeah, of exactly. stupid people. Yeah. Cause they made a they. I remember them making a joke about working for the weekly for Weekly World yeah, News. Yeah, in World Weekly News, and they got busted. Yeah, back in season one somewhere. Um, this when they have their pre- exaggerated fight for the trickster's benefit. Um, Dean calls Sam Mister Perfect for the second oh, yeah, time yeah, this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, we learn that um, uh, we learn here that tricksters have sweet tooths, which. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess it falls under the hedonism thing that I said and sugar for uh, much of the history of humanity is a, a rare was a rare commodity. Um, so it makes sense. But I don't know if that's quote unquote. True, well, he also said like, that broadly they speaking. have metabolisms like insects, which I yeah. guess perpetuates the sugar tooth. But I don't yeah, know anything yeah. about bugs. So um, when Dean enters the building on his own or supposedly on his own, you know. He does like this silly little video game hop up the stairs. <laughs> yeah. It's very cute. Let's He's go. Like, and then we get the scene yeah. where uh where he, he runs into these two women. And he he like completely loses his words. He's like uh, what? his like nervous little laugh. And then he says he's a sucker for a happy ending, which makes me miserable. Mm-hmm. Um and he has like this strangled uh-huh. little voice as he's turning them down. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It's ex- extremely cute. The trickster appealing it to him goes, "Come on," which I enjoyed. It was, it was really good delivery on that line. Yeah, this Dean's mm-hmm. still extremely flustered. This conversation, this conversation between Dean and the trickster is really interesting, and is one of the only times I can remember where a quote unquote monster has, like, not surrendered exactly, but has tried to. Um, I guess that's not true. The vampire episode, um, I forget its name, but the one with Gordon uh, also had that. Um, but I don't know, it felt different in that with that in that one because that was more. This was a peace offering. Like the monster was offering, quote unquote, monster. The god uh, was offering something. Well, I say god. It doesn't Bobby matter. says demigod. We'll talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, offer something like. In exchange, you know, yeah. like listen, treat yourself. I'll give you what you want. You, you give me what you want, which on. is my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's int- interesting. Yeah, it's one of those like. Obviously, this is my first time being on here, but I have been. I'm not caught up, admittedly, but I have been listening to you guys talk about all the episodes, and I talk about it with Emma and Ash a lot, and um, or just in servers. Anyways, the mm-hmm. like, the whole topic of like. Sam and Dean hunt monsters, but what happens when the line between monster and human is blurred? And it's interesting because, like, they don't really have any qualms about, you know, shanking this guy and getting getting rid of him because he's causing trouble, even though he's, like, he has a very human form, but they're like, no, he's not human. He's a a trickster guy. Like, it's an interesting, like, not just because it looks human doesn't mean it is human, but then, like, the shifters and the vampire, like, it's... Mm-hmm. It's very, very interesting, I think, in that whole conversation. Yeah. Also, he seems to have, like, 
a moral code that they would agree with if it weren't killing people. Like, they agree yeah. that the guys yeah. who are punished are dicks. But, like, that doesn't mean you get to sexually assault them and kill them. Uh, yeah. Killing people is for Winchesters. <laughs> like, and this is one of the few times Dean, like, sympathizes with the monster. Or, like, likes yeah. him. Dean says, yeah, like, I like yeah. your style. Like, he, he has, has the same kind style. of connection to him as he did with Ronald in Night Shifter. Except this is more, yeah. like, prominent because this is a trickster and not just, like, some guy. Yeah, like, they're shifting again, like, we had the, um... When the demons get introduced, they're, like, starting to move away a little bit from, like, just pure monster and starting to shift into um, humanoid, so to speak, territory. Or, like, you know, things mm-hmm. with um, more complex emotions and, and thinking mm-hmm. capabilities. Yeah. yeah, and it's, like, the even for the demons, like, the demons are fundamentally, like evil for the show it's like they we've had this conversation before of like demons will always be what they are like the the uh, lol said the scorpion lamau (laughs) is what demons are um and but like the trickster is not that like the trickster if you had to give it like an alignment i guess it would be just pure chaotic Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. with its own like framework for what like that chaos means Uh, like tricksters don't i mean the trickster is targeting sam and dean but not in the same way uh that it's targeting like other people it's uh just doing that to get sam and dean off his back yeah he wants to throw them off Uh, their trail but he doesn't think they deserve to die yeah Yeah. exactly like he likes them yeah he says when he's about to kill dean but then dean kills him instead he says i did not want to have to do this like he really does like them yeah yeah. And it's like uh, his what he's doing to people is bad, but it fits into the like morality of gods, like in myths and folk tales mm-hmm. and religion of like death and like that sort of like hyperbolic comeuppance is like a normal thing for like gods to yeah. do. Uh, it reminds me of um of the episode we just talked about uh with the. Oh. Uh, Houses of the Holy, um, where, um, what's his face? The guy who's, the ghost who thinks he's an angel, yeah, uh, says, like, the morality of, uh, like, people and the morality of God are different Mm -hmm. things. In fact, this episode is a really interesting parallel with that Mm -hmm. episode, as far as, like, divine being giving people their comeuppance, even though, obviously, in that episode... Um, he's not an angel or connect or connected to the divine, except for the fact that like he's a religious man. Uh, whereas this one is kind of like it, it's sort of we've talked about the hierarchy of gods and how what supernatural sees as divine before, obviously. But Bobby did say demigod, yeah, which also is a weird distinction because a lot of the time tricksters are full on gods, but it it doesn't. God and demigod. Yeah, I mean, is one of the characters of he mentions as like an like, example. Greek definition, anyway. In Bobby's mini folklore corner, he mentions Loki, who is like a god mm-hmm. of yeah. their mythology. Yeah, but also like demigods are not a th- like even a thing in Norse mythology. Like that's not a concept. Yeah. That's not how the hierarchy like, is laid very out. Very specifically, yeah, that's very specifically like a Greek concept, Greek and um, Roman. In the fight that scene, that is often applied to other religions. Yeah, in the fight scene, there's a moment where for no apparent reason dean like ends up motorboating one of the women didn't like that 
Um, yeah. And when, yeah. When they kill, yeah. I said something else. When they kill the trickster, um, the women disappear, but the bed doesn't, which was probably just like for yeah. convenience of the set, it would be a lot more of a pain in the ass to drag the bed out of there. But like, and it does uh-huh. imply that the trickster had a full-on bed that he dragged onto that stage <laughs> yeah. to set it, even though which he could just materialized it. Hilarious implications. Yeah, uh-huh. fun. Um. Oh well. Also, he's not dead, so he probably intentionally dematerialized them, but then didn't bother with the pet. Yeah, they won't notice. I guess he's yeah. just like they're dumb. I can leave it. Yeah. yeah. Um, before that, I did want to say I mentioned earlier the like I, I like how this falls into the like yeah tricking the trickster. Um, is the way they do that is very good, and the Dean's like I'll agree with you there, and then the door opens and Sam and Bobby come out, and then Dean just opens his jacket and pulls out this absurdly huge steak, which absolutely should have been leaving like a bulge in it, but doesn't. And I thought that, (laughs) and I thought that was deeply funny. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that TikTok trend that's going around where you like your gender is what's in your pants, and people pull out like ridiculous things like long furbies. Oh yeah, and (laughs) Dean's gender is steak. It's a steak. Yeah, either Gender is that Buffy scene where she's trying to mime stabbing a vampire, but it just looks like she's jerking. Yeah, let's try to find the gif of that. That's a good episode of Buffy. Not not anyone being able to talk. Dean again says that the trickster had style after he's. Yeah. Also, the the. I just wanted to say the trickster for that whole time, like when he's trying to negotiate with Dean, is just like eating this chocolate bar, and then when he comes back at the end, he's still Mm -hmm. got the chocolate bar, which I thought was cute. Um, in their not apology, Sam says, I'm, uh, and Dean goes, hey, me too. And Bobby goes, you guys are breaking my heart. Can we please just leave? I love him so much. It's such a good line. (laughs) He's so good. He's so tired in this episode. And then they drive off, but we don't follow the car. We don't. Because we have to see that he's still still alive. It's good. Yeah. We got unfinished business in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. We get, is this the, this is where we get that, like, or is it next episode? Either this episode or next episode, there's this interesting, like, low-angle shot of the Impala that I noted. I have no idea. I didn't notice Okay. Alright, are we on... It's, like, center frame episode? with, like, the Impala at the top of the frame. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, actor facts. Um, there's a lot of actor facts for this one. Uh, How are we going to do this one? a bunch of people in this. So the frap... <laughs> what? How are we going to do this one? Are we giving spoilers? Oh, uh, no, I won't. I... Okay, you know, actually, okay, I'm going to talk about everyone else, and then I'll talk about Richard Spate Jr., who I already said what he's in, but uh, I'll, I'll talk about the thing I learned, I guess, and we'll do a brief spoiler corner. Um, okay, first of all, the frat boy, Curtis, uh, played by David Tom, uh, is Billy in The Young and the Restless, uh, is a major character in that, apparently, uh, and also Chip in Veronica Mars, uh, which I think was airing, like, simultaneously to this. Um, that feels right, anyway. Um, I already said uh, the professor is played by is Barclay Hope, who is Cheryl's dad, uh, also plays a character named Claudius, who I assume is Cheryl's dad's like evil twin or something, <laughs> knowing Riverdale. But I refuse to look this up. <laughs> Hold on, uh, I know. <laughs> uh, Jen, the girl who likes rumors, uh, is Emma Lahana, who is the Yellow Ranger from Power Rangers Dino Thunder. <laughs> um, okay, then. And. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then, yeah, I mentioned Tyler, Matreya Fedor being back uh, to play the alien. Uh, and then, yeah. Hey, audience. I'm about to say something uh, very spoilery up until uh, late season five. So if you don't want to hear that, skip ahead about a minute. In looking up uh, Richard Spate Jr., it just it says in all the things it's impossible to avoid uh, that he <laughs> he is both Loki and also it's it's uh, it's mm-hmm. Gabriel, right? Yep. Yeah, he's he's the angel Gabriel. Uh, I don't <laughs> know what this means. <laughs> I I'm excited to find out. My presumption is, I guess. Gabriel got tired of heaven and was like, I'm going to go mess with people on Earth. But also, this has been so long, like, he did this so long ago that he's Loki, too? Which implies so much about the Norse pantheon that I really don't want to get into right now, but is wild. Supernatural Uh, is a show. (laughs) Supernatural is a show. Yeah. Um, We don't actually hmm. get to the reveal of who he really is until his third. It's like season five or something. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called, but it's not Mystery Spot. It's the one after that. Changing Channels. Another very good episode. All of his episodes are good. He's a very fun character. It's true. Except for when he never I'm so. Well, I'm not talking about that. I, I, I wrote in the chat. Oh, I wish they hadn't killed the trickster. He's so fun. And then, Two like, later. moments after was like, yes! <laughs> yes! The tiger is out of his cage! <laughs> the tiger yes! is out! Yeah, no, we love the trickster slash... Uh, love him. So we'll take a little break here. When we, when we come back, uh, we will talk about episode 16. Birdkill. Birdkill, thank you. I'm scrolling through my notes trying to get to the bit where I wrote the <laughs> Episode 16, uh, Roadkill, which is written by uh, Rel Tucker. I always get the Rel Tucker episodes and never know if I'm pronouncing that first name right, but it's fine. Um, okay. We open with a couple, uh, Molly and David, driving down a spooky road, listening to House of the Rising Sun and arguing about being lost. Uh, David starts, like, flirting slash teasing Molly in the car like a complete idiot, and then they nearly run a mysterious guy over and crash their car, avoiding him. Uh, I have a thing to talk about with this scene later. Uh... When Molly wakes up, David is gone. Uh, she looks for him through the woods and reaches a creepy old house. She goes inside. Or I guess it's a cabin, but whatever. She goes inside and sees the man they almost crashed into. He is, is a monster, specifically a ghost. Um, and then we get the title drop. And for the first time ever, I think, we don't cut to the boys and stay with the character from the cold open. Uh, as Molly runs from the ghost uh, right out into the road in front of the Impala, uh, where she begs the boys for help. It, like, skids to a stop, um, and she tells them what happened, and uh, Dean hints that they'd already been tracking this ghost. The boys take Molly back to her car, because uh, she asked them to, and find it missing. Um, and here uh, we get a name for the ghost, which is Greeley. 
um and they convince molly that they believe her and to come with them because it's not safe here um as they're driving in the car they hear house of the rising sun again and the radio starts whispering something spooky which i didn't catch i didn't have subtitles on she's mine Mm -hmm. thank you um and then they run into Greeley again and go straight through him and he turns to dust uh and then the impala breaks down which i guess uh ghosts can make cars break down uh that falls under their skill set that we've seen i guess um so now the boys are like, okay, he's not going to let us leave. So they get out of the car and just go and get their weapons out right in front of Molly, which freaks her out. Understandably. Uh, and so they, yeah, very understandably. And so they're like, we're, we're ghost hunters. It's fine. Uh, and she's like, I'm just going to leave now. Um, but they, they tell her that the man they're hunting, Jonah Greeley, is a farmer who died 15 years ago and haunts this road on the anniversary of his death. Uh, and their seriousness about this whole situation convinces Molly provisionally that it's real uh, and that Greeley took her husband. They get her help guiding them back to Greeley's cabin, but there isn't much there. Greeley could be buried anywhere in this wood. They go looking for his house, and Molly falls for the oldest trick in the book. Greeley mimics her husband's voice to lure her off the path and grab her, uh, but then Dean goes and saves her by shooting him with rock salt, and he vanishes. Um, this leads them to the path to his house. Uh, it's old and abandoned. They search for clues. Uh, they find a little door in the wall that Dean smashes open, and inside is the corpse of Greeley's wife, uh, who seems to have hanged herself after he died, which is very sad. Um, also, they find like this old like photo album, uh, which is full. It's like a scrapbook, more so, I guess, which is full of like letters and photos and stuff. They had they they loved each other very much. Uh, this is very sad. This this episode is mm-hmm. sad. Um, so they get her body down and bury her in the backyard, and Molly brings up the rather interesting question of what happens to a ghost when you kill it, though the boys don't know, of course. Um, back inside, Sam says that they should tell her about her husband, and she, of course, overhears them. Uh, she gets very rightly mad and wants them to tell her what's up, uh, but then they are interrupted by House of the Rising Sun playing again from this old dead radio, which is very good. There's a very tense moment, and then Greeley smashes through the window and grabs Molly. Uh, the boys chase them but lose her, so they go back to the house and search for clues again. Sam finds in the photo album a picture of the cabin with a missing tree, uh, which he uses to figure out that Greeley's wife planted a tree for his grave marker. Cut to Greeley, who is torturing Molly, and the boys hear her screaming. Dean goes to rescue her while Sam uh, starts digging up the body. Uh, Greeley starts, like, using the force, basically, to kick Dean's ass. It's wild. Um, This is a thing that we've seen demons do before, but, like, I guess ghosts have thrown objects around, but Greeley seems like a particularly powerful ghost. I don't know. Um, Anyway, he gets dealt with, though, because Sam salts and burns the bones. Uh, there's nine minutes left in the episode, though. Uh-oh. Uh, the boys go back to the Impala with Molly, who wants to know what happened to her husband. She thinks Greeley killed him. Sam says he's alive and that they'll take her to to him. So they do. And he is. And Molly's been dead this whole time. She and David hit Greeley with their car 15 years ago, and she died in the accident alongside Greeley, and for the past 15 years, they've just been doing the same dance over and over again, repeating the same moment, which is fascinating to me as far as, like, ghosts go, Mm -hmm. and, like, them almost being in this time loop. Uh, We'll probably talk more about this. Uh, The show does this big flashback recontextualizing events we've seen so far. Um... 
Molly accepts being dead, but also isn't ready to move on until she talks to David one last time. Uh, but the boys, like, just talk her out of it and convince her that she'll freak him the hell out, so she decides to just move on instead. And I promise it's more emotional than how I just described it, but that's basically what happens. <laughs> uh, and then that's the end of the episode. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's a very it formulaic a Monster yeah. of the Week episode. Well, but it's except very good. It's twist. formulaic, yeah. except for yeah. it It changes that formula by making the POV character Molly, which I really liked. It was interesting to stick with Molly's perspective throughout most mm-hmm. of this. Um, and I, I like. I wrote down, this would actually be a really good episode to introduce Supernatural to people, because it re-explains all the things that we already know in a way that, as a person who has seen many episodes of the show to this point was often kind of boring and dragged a little bit, but it is it is good for redescribing how ghosts work and what the boys do, et cetera, et cetera, with like this I guess kind yeah, of audience surrogate character. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it could have been. It would have been this would have been a really interesting pilot, mm-hmm. honestly. This could have been a pilot for season two, except that it was picking up from season one. Because like season one is about yeah. John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also this is a big star power episode like the um like the girl from the Exorcist one that we talked about, because Trisha Helfer is uh, number six from Battlestar Galactica, who was this was this was her big moment, or, or this was she was she was a rising star at this point in TV acting anyway. She's, she's very later, good at Battlestar she's, Galactica. Um, Lucifer's mom in Netflix's Lucifer. Yes, mm-hmm. she's also Kerrigan in Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> Revoking your Star Trek. Trek. Starcraft, the video <laughs> game. Star Trek. Oh, my brain sometimes. Anyway. Even before the, the twist reveal, it was a very um charged episode in a way. Mm-hmm. But not that it was like super fast paced and like, you know, that it was just a l it was a little heavier when I mean we're gonna get yeah. to it, but like whenever there's like, you know, a good emotional talking scene, it's just like it sits with you quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a slow episode, but like not in a bad way. Yeah. There were a few moments where I was like looking at my phone a little bit, just because like, yeah, I know how ghosts work, Sam. <laughs> but in hindsight, like them re-explaining how ghosts work makes yeah, sense. This episode considering is a lot of fun to this watch episode, again. it's like yeah, you already a lot of dramatic twist, irony in this episode. Are no longer boring because you know that Sam is actually explaining yeah. to a ghost why some ghosts. Don't move on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, it's a lot better in hindsight than it was Tasty in the moment. dramatic irony. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes. It's also, it's it's hard because I don't have very many notes for this, but also at the time it was like getting late. I was doing something else while I was yeah. watching it so I could like keep my attention. Um, I don't have a lot of notes for this episode, but that doesn't mean it's a bad episode. It's just yeah. nothing noteworthy. There's not like, a lot to take notes <laughs> on, but there's... Or like, yeah, nothing noteworthy for even. this podcast happens. Like, there's a lot to talk yeah. about, like, within yeah. the, the episode, but this episode stands alone. Um, and it's very strong in that. But for us, where we're talking about, like, Supernatural as this whole cultural phenomenon, it's a lot harder mm-hmm. to to bring an episode like this. Which, like, if this were a bad episode, we'd have more to talk about. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So it was a good episode, that's a good return to this. the Monster of the Week uh, formula as like a break and then also a really good episode to watch after the last one they they're really yeah. good at uh pairing like really comedic episodes with 
like kind of more emotionally heavy episodes to kind of give you the yeah the, it's the emotional like crest and and cave uh, so the that epic they don't highs just... and lows you mean <laughs> no Bates, I need you to punch Emma for me I'm oh I will different, different room but after um, yeah that's what I meant but I made sure that we so, would have distinct audio streams so I'm not in good. punching range um, but yeah so like this episode is great it's it's oh I'm trying to think like it doesn't have like season one episode two it doesn't have like those kind of like cultural ramifications that we need to discuss or like mm-hmm. episode three, it doesn't have like these really intercharacter things. This episode really is just very independent, which like Wyatt said, makes it really good and accessible for people who have not watched the show. Um, if you mm-hmm. want a good like ghost story with some good like emotional tragedy, yeah. watch this episode. You don't even really need to know much about Supernatural, which I think is kind of a strength. Yeah, um, I think it's really good at um, making Molly into like a character who has her own story. Like she's not just the side mm-hmm. character. Yeah, in she's their the protagonist lives. of this she episode. She is the character of this episode. And um, mm-hmm. Greeley and his wife had a relationship that are like I screenshotted their love letter. It's really cute. It's like very stock, but it's cute. Um, and like the idea of a ghost who doesn't want to move on because she thinks that her husband is out there somewhere and she wants to be reunited with him. Yeah. And, like, what if the last thing I ever said to him is that I don't love him and he's a jerk? And, like, it was the last thing, but, um, and the, yeah. the last scene where Wyatt says is like it sounded better in the episode. Um, <laughs> Molly says, I have to tell him. And Sam says, Tell him what? That you love him? That you're sorry? He already knows that. Like, it's really good. Like, there's nothing that she yeah. needs to say because he already understands. Like, he knows that she didn't actually mean it when she said, No, I don't. You're a jerk. But for her, that yeah. means so much to her. Like, that matters to her, and she doesn't want to move on. It's it's a really good Sam moment, also, mm-hmm. is what I will say, like, for this, like, looking at the show in an overarching sort of way. Uh, and I was thinking about this when we were talking about how the how Dean was making fun of Sam for being the soft one of the two of them. But Sam is good at this, of, like, talking to people and empathizing with people and, like, helping them deal with their emotions. He's he's the one with the good bedside manner. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like the boys are able to disrupt this like time loop that these ghosts are in, not in their usual way of doing it because of course she's been cremated, she doesn't have a body to burn. And so instead, for one of the like few actual times, they just help a ghost move on by talking to it, talking to her, which is is a neat mm-hmm. thing. When you think about this show and like all the other times they've dealt with ghosts, yeah. Um, I mentioned in the chat that like, and we also talked about this before. Um, you know, the show is starting to run out of ghost ideas, uh, because ghosts are always defeated the same way every time. Um, and this is a nice like wrinkle to that. Like, no, they this ghost is not um is not angry, is not trying to like hurt people. Um, which is also uh. I don't know if that's the first. No, it's not the first. Mm, it kind of is because Father Gregory was hurting people, even if they were bad people. And the um the I forget her name, but the Linda the Linda cop the Linda Blair episode death omen. that wasn't a go that was it wasn't a ghost that was a death omen, which is a different thing. Uh, like f- uh 
metaphysically in the supernatural like lore. Or at least it's a specific subset of ghost. One that is specifically yeah. not violent. That's like, true, I guess. As like as opposed to like a banshee. But this is not But she's not a death omen either. This is just like this is almost like like the ghosts are here, but it's almost the ghost of this like historical moment rather than like the ghost of the people or it is, but you know, like they're living the same thing over mm -hmm. and over again. They don't have continuity. Um, which is yeah, she has is no fascinating. Of this happening we do um, later on. We do get more instances of um, oh, I don't remember if they have a specific name, but ghosts that are stuck in a death loop, um, which death is echoes. not specifically what Molly is experiencing. They, yeah, they don't she died in the car crash. Like um, yeah, she, like really didn't kill her. This is just them as ghosts experiencing yeah, the it's same. It's like they wake up. Exper it's it's them as ghosts like. It's, it's interesting. A very interesting idea of ghosts. Because Greeley knows what happened, but she mm -hmm. doesn't. Which kind of goes back to that thing Sam said about like ghosts. Sometimes ghosts only see what they want to see. Where she, yeah. like, probably, she probably had no idea what happened, um, but she probably only remembers yeah, veering off the road and not actually hitting Yeah. Him. Whereas Greeley remembers being hit, and thus, like, he is the vengeful spirit in this situation and has almost, like, pulled her into his mm -hmm. gravity he, clearly like the fact that he is a vengeful spirit gives him more power which is how he is yeah. able to keep yes. her in this loop where he can continue torturing her um like he is <laughs> now i'm sitting here like okay <laughs> sorry go on uh he has become like the uh the oh god um what's it what's a a prisoner a prison like leader guy called a warden yeah, yeah, he's kind of become, yeah, the warden in her own personal hell, where he is torturing her yeah. with the same means over and over and over again, mm -hmm. but she has no idea It that reminds it's me of um, Black Mirror's White Bear episode, um, so I guess spoilers for that episode, but the, <laughs> the premise of that is that, like, somebody committed a crime and then is punished, their memory is wiped, and then yeah, they're punished oh, yeah. for it in, like, a supposedly poetic way over and over and over again, even though they don't remember what they've done each time. So, like, in classic Black Mirror fashion, the point yeah. is that that's fucked up. So here we have ghosts. Yeah, the, and, and Molly is not a vengeful spirit. She, like, revenge is not what's keeping her tied to the mortal plane. Her, un, like, her unsureness about what happened to David, and also, I think, to an extent, Greeley and his power is what's keeping her there. So mm -hmm. they, I would imagine they probably had to both burn his bones to free her. Well, no, this is actually canon. She actually could not leave the highway. So they had to both burn yeah. Greeley's bones to free her from his power and then help her have closure so that she could move on. Um, so yeah. they kind of had to do like a two-step process in order to, to save her. This is, um, this is my favorite kind of ghost of like a ghost that is just sad, mm -hmm. is like an imprint of a tragedy upon the world yeah. that like, has not been addressed and so cannot be moved mm -hmm. on from. Because that's what ghosts represent in mm -hmm. horror and folklore in general. That's what their their purpose is. Is they represent um, the past and tragedy and crimes and things like that. Things that leave an imprint on us and leave an imprint in the world um, that need to be addressed. <laughs> and in the same way. <laughs> In the same way this show is repeating past things, we're also kind of repeating past things. We've talked about yeah. this before, but like it is still it is still 
like sometimes it's fun to talk about things that you've talked about already in terms of like this idea is always good to me i always enjoy also, it also i'm very autistic so i say the same things over and over again Should <laughs> we go chronologically yeah i do have a yeah episode. yeah i mean there's a couple there's a couple small things i want to talk about which like one thing that is funny to me is like she she blames herself in a way she's like oh we got into this fight etc cetera, etc cetera. but really it was it was his fault don't like cars are dangerous people never mess with the person who is driving your car especially at a dark road at night <laughs> like i'm sorry but david's an idiot and is the reason why One she's of dead the very few notes i have on this episode is don't fucking drive kids do <laughs> yeah <clears throat> just never drive just don't do yeah. distracted driving it's bad 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 yeah it like made me very upset to like see him doing it i was like like we have a lot of car scenes in this show because sam and dean are always driving around and yeah. like y you know occasionally they're you know glance they'll like look at each other while they're talking and like okay okay i get it like that that's they're in the car a lot and like we have to have talking scenes in the car sometimes but this yeah. was like he was like really distracting her and it like it made me upset it was uh -huh. like yeah it, it was not good i mean then nothing would have happened but it it was very irresponsible yeah um i like the use of rising well, I guess sun. Like... Mm -hmm. yes. yeah oh yeah i did want to talk about and that i really like um, the way that like, it's always plays when she's upset but you like it's it's framed in such a way that you think it's Greeley, it's signaling that Greeley is near, but it always happens when Molly's upset because mm. she's the one who's actually causing it to happen. I didn't notice really that. Good. That's good. It's oh, really I fun thought to it watch was a Greeley time. omen. No, whenever she like gets upset, the radio kicks on. No, because it's the... Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense because it was the song that was playing on the radio when she died. Yeah. It's her song. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Huh. That's really cool. What other episodes has Rael Tucker written? She worked with Sarah uh, Gamble on good all of ones in my in memory. season one. Um, Okay. But she did some others. So good own. ones, mostly. Yeah. So she wrote, um, she co-wrote yeah, she... Dead in the Water, Faith, Nightmare, and Salvation. And in season two, she's written Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things, Hunted, this one, and one more in the season. That's a very good one that I'm excited yeah, for. Yeah. Okay, she's I got mean, a really good track. You know, we, yeah. we have our problems with Hunted, but it is still a, like, a good mm -hmm. episode, despite the like racist overtones. Yeah. So I think this is just, you know, another, another hit for her. Um, I was just yeah. curious because I like seeing the influences or like what other stuff the writers do yeah. and how they work that yeah. into their own like personal continuity. Yeah, this is her second to last episode, which is sad to me because I've liked most of the episodes that she's written slash co-written. Yeah, then after after season two, she goes, she leaves Supernatural and goes to write for True mm -hmm. Blood. Um, back to the episode, Dean has another line about cops. Um, where Molly suggests going to the cops, and Dean says, "Cops, that's a great idea. We'll take you down to the station ourselves." Like he, acting out of character for Dean because we know that he doesn't usually trust the cops, but he wants her out of the way. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. if that's what she wants, then he's gonna cooperate with that because get it smooth, uh, which is good. Yeah. Nice little note that you have to know Dean in order to realize that's out of character. Yeah, that that's a weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he like repeats it to himself to like have a thought about it, and then he's like. Yeah, and, and then he's like, yeah, you know, like, let's do that, sure. Um, Molly says that they were arguing in the car, and Sam goes, yeah, I know how that goes, and he kind of makes a face at him. <laughs> that was fun. Uh-huh. Uh, when Molly sees their gun trunk, that's when she starts trying to leave. They're, she's like, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna go. You guys are weirdos. Yeah. 
There's also <laughs> Dean also has a very Dean line where he says, "We weren't just cruising for chicks when we ran into you, sister." Mm-hmm. And he, she says, "Hunting for what?" And he says, "Ghosts." And Dean's, Sam's like, "Don't sugarcoat it for her." Which is really <laughs> yeah. fun because Sam was the one who suggested telling her the truth, which would have involved the ghost talk anyway. Yeah, but Sam is a lot less blunt than Dean is. I suppose that's true. Sam's like, you ruined it. I was going to try to lead up to it gently, and then you just said it. Um, Is this... There is a thing here in, like, the ex... In the general, like, expository dialogue of this episode uh, that I'm not sure if the show has addressed before, which was it actually explains why salt works. Yeah, I knew it did um, Yeah. But yeah, Sam says uh, simple remedies are always the best in most cultures. Salt's a symbol of purity, which is true. Uh, so it repels impure and unnatural things. Same reason you throw it over your shoulder. Yeah, which I mean, I like we never felt the need to talk about that because that's like such a well-known thing in general that like salt is good at getting rid of spirits. Uh, but yeah, the show the show does finally explain that for people mm-hmm. who don't know. Uh, when Molly suggests that it was Greeley who took her husband, they're both quiet, and she takes that as a yes, but they didn't actually confirm that. It was mm-hmm. good. Again, a lot of yeah. this is like mm-hmm. nice foreshadowing for when you've seen it already, you can come back and actually know what happened. Which is what, what really which good. is what twists should do. They shouldn't mm-hmm. be a one-time shock value thing. They should recontextualize the whole. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good twist. Um, speaking of which, I do want to. I do want to read Sam's like spirit monologue because I I like it. It's Ghost good. Explaining. It's like a good thesis statement for ghosts. Uh, so he says, um, "Spirits like Greeley are like wounded animals, lost in so much pain that they lash out. There's some part of them that's keeping them here, like their remains or unfinished business. Could be revenge, could be love or hate. Whatever it is, they just hold on too tight, can't let go, so they're trapped." caught in the same loops, replaying the same tragedies over and over. Molly says, very ironically, you sound almost sorry for them. And Sam says, well, they weren't evil people, you know? A lot of them were good. Just something happened to them, something they couldn't control. Which is, it's good. It's a good monologue. It's good writing. It's a good, like, thing about ghosts. I really like it. Yeah, replaying the same tragedies over and over is such a good line. Very um, supernatural core. Like, what what are Sam and Dean if not replaying the same (laughs) tragedies over and over? Ooh. Sam and Dean being ghosts of themselves. Very interesting mm-hmm. uh, thought. <laughs> Heavy side. I mean, that's also, see, the thing is, that's also just narrative, and a ghost, in a way, is sort of the narrativization of people, or, like, the events that happen to them. Thanks, dogs, for ruining the, the thing that I just said. It's okay. We love a dog. It takes two tries to kick down a door. I like that bit, just mm-hmm. as a one-off thing. <laughs> yeah. There's also a bit where Molly um, does the, like, tell me about David, like, you know what happened to him? And Sam's about to tell her, and Dean says, Sam, don't. And Molly, again, very good dramatic irony, she says, don't what? Don't tell me because I'll mess up your hunt? You don't care about me or my husband. And Sam says, that's not true, which is true, but not in a way that she thinks, Mm -hmm. or not in the way that the show makes you think. It's a good red herring, uh, like, it got me, I thought, it's like, oh yeah, of course, like, he's dead. Mm -hmm. But, But no, she's dead. Which I did guess, but very quickly, in, in the best way, the best mystery should make you realize what the truth is moments before uh, it reveals. Mm-hmm. So you get that good, good feeling of having figured it out, but not uh, the feeling of having figured it out way before the characters did to the point where you get bored with them still trying to f- solve the mystery. Mm-hmm. This is good uh, So good mystery writing. He did go into yeah. the chat and be like, I've got eight minutes left and I'm going to guess she's been dead the whole time. And then like a minute later, he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I guessed it right after Greeley died, because I was like, oh, the episode's not over. That means something still has to yeah. happen. She's a ghost. I don't remember when I, like, if I actually had thoughts about it um, at the, around the same time, or if I didn't, like, actually click with me until right before I watched it with Emma, so maybe they can confirm this. I don't know. I don't remember your but reaction. You don't remember? Okay, fine. But I, in general, when I'm, whether it's reading or watching, especially TV show, but often with movies as well, I, I get very, like... Um, absorbed in it so mm-hmm. um like mm-hmm. I don't always like I'm very much moving along with the characters yeah if, if that Same. yeah if that's the way it goes very passive um, yeah like uh, and also in a way like not just by accident like I don't want to you know always be five steps ahead of everything like I want to mm-hmm. experience it the same way they do like that's what yeah. makes it yeah when, when you can do that that's what makes it good storytelling like you're really immersed in the world there um, and you don't want to make it, it's like a very fine balance of not making it too predictable, but not making it impossible either. Um, and this was, yeah, this was a really good episode for it. It had very strong writing. It was very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, like, both critic and writer brain makes it not impossible for me to fall into that flow anymore, but makes it very difficult. I'm just always looking at something structurally mm-hmm. and being like, how is this story See, doing what it's doing? And how can I use I that? I am the total opposite. I have to very intentionally do a close reading in order to notice any of that stuff. Like, otherwise, I'm just vibing. Yeah, most of the time I'm very <laughs> passive. I will notice, especially... Sometimes Supernatural is a very bad show. Most of the time. We know this. <laughs> so a lot of the time it Sound breaks clip. your immersion. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of the time it breaks your immersion like, wh- wait, what the fuck? How- that doesn't, that makes no sense. That's just stupid. So yeah. and this happens with lots of media as well. And like, it's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing depending on the genre. Um, but this was not one of them. This was one that's very, like, and I'm always noticing, like, little details and, like, nitpicking things that, like, don't actually have to do with the scene or whatever. Um, but this one really just, like, kept you going. It had a really good flow. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. It was very engaging mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, speaking of things this episode did right, I really like the conversation about what happens after burning a ghost. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, they mentioned yeah. John because Sam says, my dad used to say that was, like, death for ghosts. Um so just a little shout yeah. out to John, who is still haunting this ep- this show. Um, but he says, but the truth yep. is, we still don't know, not for sure. I guess that's why we all hold on to life so hard, even the dead. We're all just scared of the unknown. Nobody knows what the... Um, he says, they just go. I hope someplace better, but we don't know. No one does. Very Jewish. Yeah. Good for him. Um, mm-hmm. He says, that answer is way and then at the end, end of the episode. Grade. It's really good. Or sorry, yeah. Dean says that. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the episode... Uh, like when Sam says, <laughs> Dean says, you're going to freak David out for life. And Sam says, David's already said his goodbyes. Now it's your turn. This is your unfinished business. And she says, what am I supposed to do? He says, just let go of David, of everything. You do that. We think you'll move on. And she starts crying and says, but you don't know where. And Sam says, no, but you don't belong here. Haven't you suffered long enough? It's time. It's time to go. Which, and, and uh, Dean's like, you think dying. she's going to a better place? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. puppy dog eyes, man. Um... <laughs> And Sam says, I hope so. And Dean says, I guess we'll never know. Not until we take the plunge ourselves, right? Yeah. And Sam says, doesn't matter. Hope's kind of the point. Which yeah. is a good thesis statement <sighs> for how these two boys like think about death. Mm-hmm. And, and just think about things in general. Uh, we talked about this, obviously, in Houses of the Holy, the way Sam has like hope and faith in things, whereas Dean is just like firm materialist. Mm-hmm. And he is he does not let his like unsuredness scare him, usually. Yeah. He's like, I yeah. don't really care what goes on after I die. I just kind of want to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sigh. Which, like, is 
there's an interesting thing about like whether or not dying is you just cease existing or whether you go on to something better like it's not that doesn't mean that clinging to life is always like a good thing or a thing that you'd want mm-hmm. because yeah sam says you suffer long enough like she sure she still exists but is existing really preferable to basically living in yeah. time loop hell which is reminding me of a very good movie <laughs> brief movie recommendation uh the movie the endless uh which i don't want to spoil too much uh, but does cool things with time loops and the idea of whether immortality is desirable or not, if it means there, like, eventually, like, there will be pain or you will be tortured. Uh, it's a good movie. I really like it. I will have um, that noted. Sorry, what were you yeah, going to say? Emma? On the note of ca- Dean character mo- moments, um, Sam says, I don't like keeping her in the dark, and Dean says it's for her own good. We've seen a lot of Dean keeping mm-hmm. things from Sam for his own good. Now we get that applied to mm-hmm. other characters. Yeah. Dean always has to be the one responsible, the one making mm-hmm. decisions for Dean everyone. knows best, and he just, dis- mm-hmm. like, at least he thinks so. And he is usually the deciding factor of, like, who gets to know what, who gets to do what. He is controlling in that way um, because he's very traumatized. Mm-hmm. On a lighter note... Um, when Sam realizes that the tree in the missing the tree that is missing from the picture must be the grave marker. First of all, he's like, I should have thought of it. Like, Sam, you're in a forest. We're just gonna dig up every tree, yeah. okay? Um, and yeah. Dean says, you're like a walking encyclopedia of weirdness. And Sam goes, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. It's very cute. <laughs> it's really good. Like I said, all Sam does is research. Mm-hmm. Um, when <laughs> Dean shoots Greeley while he says, oh, thank God. And Dean goes, yeah, call me Dean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <That's there>. <laughs> It's such a cheesy line, but it fits him very well. Yeah. Um, Skipping over some small notes. At the very end, when Molly has gone into the light, it is no longer a desaturated episode. This whole thing has been mostly black and white. It's like yeah, yeah. It's really colorful. She goes into the sunset, and suddenly there's like bright pinks again. Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. so nice. It was really like you know the very like the darkness has been lifted but like it was nice it was very cool very mm-hmm. cool color grading in the whole show in the whole episode mm-hmm. yeah i do think it's very convenient that uh david lives presumably in the town just outside <laughs> yeah. of where his wife died it's <laughs> true it's true like i assume they weren't eh. just driving with a ghost in the car for like three hours mm-hmm. it could have been no reason not to anymore there's no reason for her to have to stay on the highway anymore. So they could yeah, it just it just doesn't yeah, feel that's like just, the show would want it. It feels like it would be awkward. It would be a really awkward car ride. Imagine going on like an eight-hour road trip with a woman who's just like, "So, are you gonna tell me? Could, I, I, I've been in this car for so long." <laughs> They're like, I, "Just take a nap. Just go to sleep. You've had a long night." Hmm, can go sleep. Mm. Thinking mm. emoji. Well, she was able to like get. Hurts, right? Did she get like scratched? But up? that was by yeah. Greeley, though. True. Yeah, true. that was like yeah. ghost, on ghost trauma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ghost on ghost violence. She would maybe issue. be able to like, yeah, like close her eyes and just like lay back. But yeah, I mean, I suppose if she, away. since she at the time didn't know she was a ghost, she probably could have subconsciously willed herself into at least being unconscious, yeah. theoretically speaking. Yeah. But. And also, I think I mentioned with this episode that it, the way um, 
the sun rises very or and or sets very conveniently whenever they uh the show like requires it to like in the bugs episode yeah yeah, where like like we had a five minute night like you know it was great (laughs) and here like the night has been very long even though a lot of stuff happened and like finally just as like you know they're running out of time she departs and the sun rises so it just lasts however yeah. long you need it to. I actually remember uh, there's a bit where Dean says we got two hours left <laughs> yeah. of night. So it's like four in the morning or whatever. And so, yeah, they can't have driven her for more than like an hour and a half yeah, or something. Yeah, it, it wasn't that far. And also Which it's is cold out, so but... it's probably like anywhere from six to eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they have to rely um, on convenience. That's just how it is. It's true. Uh, this is the episode, by the way, that has the low shot of the car, which I'm putting oh, in the okay. chat and we can put in the refs channel. It's really good. I like it a lot. It, it, oh, that does look good. Yeah, it was good. It's, it really, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Cause the, the, with the car at the <laughs> time to pull out my like cinematic analysis lens with the car at the top of the frame, um, it has a very, um, overbearing feeling uh like it's um it's it's not an it's not ominous exactly but it's a sad note to end on of like it's we, we're not looking at the sky we're not looking at like the world around the car really like we see the houses in the background but the car takes up so much of the frame like next to the ground mm-hmm. it's just like yeah this is the life that the boys lead on the road it's again. like this car is what is most of like is 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 them <laughs> like they drive around and they Help sad ghosts move on. That's their this life. This episode was also, directed by Charles Beeson, and I'm looking at his wiki page, and he has directed, so far, Just Playthings and Roadkill, but he is going to direct a lot of big-name episodes. I'm very excited. These are like, I can't believe he, oh, he did also all directed, of these. These uh, are good. Yeah. He also directed, yeah, Playthings also had good direction. Yeah. Um, for the later seasons fans in the audience who will, might recognize some of these titles, the ones that are standing out to me are... Um, I know what you did last summer. Sex and violence, the rapture, changing channels, and the French mistake. Oh. Those are just the highlight reels. He has more than that. Oh and changing channels, I already referenced earlier this episode. Um, and the French mistake is one of the most famous and well loved episodes of this show. Yeah, this is just period. He's, he's got like a big name director apparently, mm-hmm. as far as supernatural directors mm-hmm. go. Also, I saw. I just realized I not exactly contradicted myself, but I did point out in that episode that like it does rely on a lot of like Dutch angles and stuff to be like, yes, this is scary, be scared. But I do think the like the direction that episode is good at being like melancholy specifically. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like lingering shots on rooms and stuff, and the the way the building is shot, um, which is very is similar good. in this episode. It's very yeah atmospheric. Yes. It helps make it really. Yeah, he's sad. good at doing atmosphere yeah. for sure. Yeah, that episode is more sad than scary, as is this one. This episode one. has a one camera shot that I noted besides the car, um, where like the camera's outside the window looking in at them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I vaguely remember. I don't know what they're talking about at that point, but I do remember noticing that. Oh, yeah, was that the scene from outside, like the screen door, and like it, it feels like you're about to follow them in, but it doesn't? Yes. I don't have any notes <laughs> for this episode. I think that's yeah, right. <laughs> I do remember that, that, that shot. Okay, I really like that one. I noticed that one. Too. While we're talking about cinematography in general, the the shot um in the previous episode where Dean comes out of the sewers and there's like a dolly shot that goes all the way around the car to show the slash tires, yes. uh, was was nice. I like that. I think that's everything. That's all I got. Yeah, good Pretty episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Next week, 
Oh, what, actor facts oh, real yeah. quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Not I, I already gave uh, Trisha Helfers, but uh, Greeley is played by Winston Rickert, uh, who was the star of two like at least semi-popular Canadian TV shows. Uh, the Horse Girl TV show Neon Rider. Uh, which is which is about just I just want to describe the plot of this show because it's very funny. Um, it is about a like child psychologist uh, who moves out to like his family ranch uh, in Mission BC, which is where my grandparents live, uh, to open a residential treatment program for troubled teens so they could just hang out with horses. <laughs> That sounds fun. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if it's any good, but it's a very good premise. Great. Love um, and then the other show he's in also has a really good high concept uh, premise. It's called Adderley. Uh, and it's a show about a like uh, disabled um, like spy uh, who is stuck working at a desk job. Uh, but like sneaks out to do spy shit sometimes. Basically, it's like an office comedy drama. Oh, yeah, that sounds uh, great. I also don't know if it's good, but I now kind of want to watch it because that's a really fun idea. Yeah, nice. Oh, it's based on an Elliot Baker novel, okay. po- Pocock and Pitt, which is a wild name. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, is that okay. the active yeah, arts? Next, next week we have Heart and Hollywood yeah. Babylon, and I just started saving so hard when I saw that. Those are two very good episodes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, or at least very much episodes. And the next, and Hollywood Babylon is a great, it's a great episode in general, but it's also a great Dean episode. And it's Ben Edlund. We have Sarah Gamble <laughs> and Ben Edlund in a row next week. So. Oh, poggers. I recall you two referencing Hollywood it's Babylon so before. it's so good. Uh-huh. It's such a good little meow Is this the one where they go on like yeah. a film set? Okay, cool. Yeah. Good. Because I remember you talking about that being like, ooh, they go on a film set. That's yeah, exciting. It's, I referenced it uh, talking about like in Route 666, they, re- they use film from Route 666 in this episode. Mm, mm, right, yeah. right, 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 right. Um, I think that's everything. Yeah. Right. Uh, thanks for listening. Until Please uh, rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, sorry, Emma. No, <laughs> Go I was on. just trailing off. I was going to be like, I guess we're leaving you with a mm. shot of our car from an unusual angle. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe we're so driving off getting and somebody and... we thought was dead <laughs> is not. Mm. <laughs> I was gonna say, our our car takes up, our car, aka this podcast, takes up the top of the frame, showing that we will be stuck here forever. This is our life. Don't forget, you're here forever. <laughs> I'm standing outside. Who gets to leave? Yeah, no. I... Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, you get to be free. I'm just standing there, like if there's a shot of you guys driving off in the car, I'm the one standing like in the front, in the foreground of the frame, just like standing there watching you guys drive away. I'm like, all right, <laughs> bye. Thanks for having me. See you later. Eights gets Good to come and go standing. as they please. Woo-hoo. Yeah. The Last Ones by Jazar on freemusicarchive.org. Licensed under an attribution share alike 3.0 international license. Find the link in the episode description.